Blog Talk Radio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons, I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful. Hey, good evening, everybody. It is the day before Labor Day. We're going to come to you live here on the Grand Strand. I brought the show back to my hometown, some or Surfside Beach, South Carolina, where, of course, I'm Richie Alden. This is Southern Sports Central. For the next three hours, we will talk a lot about, well, a lot of different topics. Two of those topics hit the airwaves today. One of those is the cancellation of the North-South game. That's UVL right here in Myrtle Beach where I'm at coming to you on the remote side of life uh, on uh, the Grand Strand. And that is huge news uh, to a lot of seniors who now just were told a few weeks back that there will not be a Shrine Bowl. There will not be a North-South game. But guess what? Oh, I've got a treat for you guys here today because you seniors, let me just tell you, on behalf of myself and Southern Sports Central, and uh, our buddies in the upstate, and that is the South Carolina High School Blitz, you will play, oh, you will play a all-star event between the upstate and the lower state. So keep balling out, keep rolling out, keep doing what you're doing, because we're going to get you in on a little secret that's coming your way very soon. Of course, you know there is a junior bowl still going to happen in Columbia. As of right now, that is the destination, but that's Either way, is going to happen as well. And I told you, I told all of you that listened in here when we connected with the guys from the South Carolina High School Blitz that it was going to blitz the market, not just on Twitter world, but here in media world, on the radio, all the way from county to county, from one end of the state to the upper end of the state. We're going to cover you up and take care of you. And we got that already in the works. So, again, I repeat myself. If you're concerned about the North-South game, I understand, but let's, let's just let you know right now, there is going to be a high school all-star event for the seniors. It is coming your way very soon, and it is going to be 
uh, release the time and the date. The location, oh, by the way, is in the low country. Yes, we will bring it to the low country right down in Charleston. And, again, all that's going to be released here uh, throughout the next few weeks, maybe next few days. So you want to follow us over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Of course, you want to follow the guys at the High School Blitz. We've got it all covered, and we will unleash the opportunity. We will unleash the day, the time, and the place, and all the coaches, and that's coming. So just something we wanted to start with a positive after seeing some of the negatives coming across the world of social media. Also, for you guys, also it's all the Max Preps Top 25. I'm going to get into that quickly here in just a few moments. Not a lot of happy fans out there, but, again, it is the preseason. It is just a conversation. It is not a guarantee. It is nothing to matter. In fact, it doesn't get you anything but some good, solid conversation when you go back to work or you're in your huddle or wherever you are because this is where they think you might start. It doesn't matter what they think. It matters what they see, and it matters at the end of the year when you finish your season where you finish your season at. Again, that is the South Carolina preseason top 25 that I released uh, thanks to the guys at the Max Preds. They got a lot of heat uh, coming off the world of uh, of social media, and it was uh, quite an interesting response. A lot of upset folks up here in the Grand Strand with Myrtle Beach. You know, you, you start to kind of wonder where they are. Uh, you know, you start to kind of look around at some of the other conversations. Marble County, you know, you're, you're not seeing your name in there. They're wondering why Dutch Forks, way down there, uh, well, I say way down there, they're actually at, at number two. So here is that preseason poll that we were just talking about. And, again, it was uh, released by the ladies and gentlemen of Max Preps, and this is the top 25 high school football teams in the state of South Carolina. Starts off with Gaffney at number one, Dutch Fork over there at Irmo at number two, Fort Dorchester and or Charleston at number three, number four, Dorman, number five, Sumter, six is Chapman, number seven is Greenville, River Bluff in the top eight, Dillon at number nine, and Camden rounding out the top ten. Over there on the top 11 through 20, you got Hillcrest, Rock Hill, and Wren. Number 14, Carolina Forest, Ridgeview at number 15, Burns at number 16. Boylan Springs hanging out at number 17 with Clover at number 18. Lawrence at number 19. And Abbeville at number 20. Rounding out the bottom five of the top 25 is Belton Honeypath. Nations Ford at number 22. Spartanburg at number 23. And at Northwestern at number 24. Coming in at number 25, holding on is Greer. So there's a lot of questions. When this thing came out, and again, no Myrtle Beach, said by C.C. Crowley, two four-star receivers, both of them with mega offers. One of them has already signed, sealed, and delivered to the state of North Carolina. The other one got an offer last week from Clemson, and that early opportunity for the juniors to get recognition. By the end of the day, he had another offer from Oregon, and then it was Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin that offered him not long after that. Of course, there's been a couple of other conversations out here as well. You know, again, this is a preseason poll for those on the outside looking in, and I guess they probably have some conversations within the confines of the conversation of who's good and who's bad and and who's doing exactly what. But this is my thing. Have you ever seen Southern Sports Central release a, a first team or a second team? Have you seen this release a top 25? 
and we've been encouraged to do it on both levels. I've had even individuals who have been a part of our show that have said, Rich, let's put out a poll. And I said, you know, the problem with that is that we don't watch everybody. You can watch film, but that doesn't always tell everything. And you're always, it's like when you start thinking one person, you're guaranteed to forget the other person. It's a very slippery slope when you start putting these things out. If I was a coach, I probably wouldn't even recognize it. Whether I was at the top five or at the battle five or not at all. However, maybe if I was not at all, maybe I put that in the locker room, which I'm pretty sure Myrtle Beach will be doing at some point. Because I get they lost a quarterback, and I get they lost a few other dogs on that roster, but they got a lot of those dogs back, and they got a Ryan Berger, who's a quarterback over there, who is ready, willing, and able. And I think between him and J.J. and some of the other gentlemen that are on that roster, I mean, they really – you know, they, they are the ones I believe that are going to be looking at this thing going, okay, that's cool. It is what it is. We're going to do what we got to do. And I think that's kind of the conversation that you look at it. You know, Brandon, who uh, is the voice of the Carolina Force Panthers, has been joined the staff here. He'll be doing a show on Friday mornings, by the way, from 7 to 10. We're going to release that information, too, if you didn't see social media yesterday, I released out five brand new shows that are going to be airing out right here on Southern Sports Central, and it's going to be one heck of a ride. Sunday to Saturday, every day, we will have coverage right here on Southern Sports Central, and it will be multiple individuals doing multiple things. But it is Mr. Brandon Bing who also chimes in and says, definitely, you know, looking around at, at, at the list of these things, he says, especially this year with no real practices at this point, while I will use these rankings for a broadcast, I understand that it's very subjective. It's just something for fun that like uh, to use to make it feel like college. He also goes on to say, not sure about the rankings, but we'll just have to wait and see. And here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I encourage you to do. Screenshot, write down, do whatever, keep it in your pocket, and let's revisit this. Let's table this until November, and let's see how close and accurate some of these guys are. Now, of course, Joshua Abrams, excuse me, said, just for a debate, LOL, just glad we got a season so far. Let's hope it lasts. All right, well, let's touch on that one. We all know this weekend was kind of that big weekend. We understood that tomorrow is a very very family-oriented opportunity, if you will, of social gathering. We just ask you to be respectful. We just ask you to be responsible. We just ask that you do what you're supposed to do, to handle it the way you're supposed to handle it. And that's just the best advice that we can give you. Now, Dutch Fort being at number two, they say it's kind of like chicken a hornet's nest. That's by Dana Perdee. And maybe so. Well, I understand the factor that they are going to be good and they are going to continue to reload. There's still a Hyatt singing, dancing, and hanging out in the end zone in the wide receiver, not to mention the rest of those guys that are coming back from that team from last year. We get they lost the quarterback and the wide receiver and a handful of other guys, but at number two and sitting behind a, a team like Gaffney, we'll find out how that works out. It's going to be a good conversation, kind of uh, how it goes. Coach Marcus McCullum says the disrespect from Auburn County is real. Hey, 
back in the day, Marble County was the deal. They did play some solid football. So, again, using that as a weapon of motivation is possibly what they're going off here. And, again, we'll wait and see. Now, as I mentioned, it was announced just last night. I put it out there of uh, multiple shows. They're going to be coming starting on Tuesday. We will have uh, the great one, Mr. Everett Sands. He is with the West Foundation. He has his own um, show right here on Southern Sports Central. It's going to kick off at 6 o'clock. Of course, the West Foundation fosters inclusion by promoting excellence in sports, academics, life, leadership skills, community engagement, and service to all. He's going to bring that vision right here on Tuesday night. That's going to be tearing off at 6 o'clock. You want to check in. We'll be hanging out with him here to make sure it's a very smooth transition. And as I mentioned, on Monday night and Wednesday night, Southern Sports Central with myself and Eugene Benton will be coming to you live as normal, 6 to 9. And then Thursday night with Miss B, the high school blitz will be doing a show. I'll be hanging out with her predominantly, I would imagine, through a lot of Thursday nights, unless she's got a stacked house, which I expect her to, by the way. I think this is going to be a great opportunity for them to take the high school blitz, all that work that they have put together, that they see over there on their Twitter handle. And, of course, you can find them at High School Blitz, all one word there. And we're going to take all of that content and put it here with a voice. They're going to have multiple athletes. And after having a conversation with Ms. B last night, I'm not going to spoil the rest of it because I'm going to tell you something. She has definitely put it together, and it's going to be a solid, solid show on a Thursday night. Then on Friday morning, and I mentioned the morning time because you're going to start your morning with the drive with Southern Sports Central and the Sports Unlimited with uh, the man himself, Brandon Biscobing. He'll be giving it to you live from 7 to 10. He'll be getting you ready for Friday Night Lights before he heads over to cover Carolina Forest and the Panthers. He's going to cover all of it right here on Southern Sports Central. That would be a really good three hours. And again, another opportunity for all of us to get in and, and talk to him and, and have those conversations. You guys call in throughout the broadcast and give him your thoughts and your opinions on who you think is going to win that Friday night or, or whatever's on your mind there. Of course, then on Saturday night, Oh, Saturday night, we're going to be having a few game of the weeks with the South Carolina Youth Football Association and Jay Williams, the commissioner. He's going to have us broadcasting live uh, throughout the season. That's going to usually kick off around 630. We will, of course, have uh, all of the action from the first quarter to the final quarter. We'll have a player of the game. We'll also give you some on-field interviews. So that's going to be a lot of fun getting a 12U all-star group together and giving them all the stars and all the lights and the radio opportunity on a Saturday night. Of course, we're looking forward to that as well. And then on Sunday, write this one down, because at 6 p.m. we're bringing in the professor. This guy is going to do an incredible job with the South Carolina Sunday Showcase. Again, that is with the professor. He's going to be hanging out at 6 o'clock from 6 to 9. He will be recapping not only the same conversation we just had about the South Carolina youth, Football Association. He's also a Georgia Bulldogs fan. He'll be talking, I'm sure, a little bit of the SEC and college football, and I'm sure he'll dive into some NFL as well. So that is the new lineup. You can find this lineup over there on social media right now at SO Sports Central. Now, of course, all of this coming at us really quick and really early, and I'm glad we decided to go ahead and do a show here tonight because at one point 
We weren't 100% sure that's what was going to happen due to the fact, of course, of uh, it being Labor Day. But I figured, you know what, I was going to take the road trip up to the Grand Strand and hang out with the folks. And I figured, why not just do the show from the beach? Done it before. Let's do it again. So tonight I am going to bring in not one but two great head coaches. But we'll start off in the state of Georgia at 630 when I'm going to catch up with the head football coach from Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia, Coach Kareem Reed. Coach Kareem Reed, he's been in here before. The Bears pick up a big win in the state of Georgia last Friday night. We'll talk about that and kind of where the state of mind in Georgia and his high school football program is right now with all of the things that are going on. And he kind of can break down for 30 minutes uh, the win. And, of course, talk to us about how they're being very cautious and making sure that they're doing everything in the right form. Now, Coach Reed has joined us before. We talked to him about the same Bears as they made a great run into the playoffs last year. Again, he'll join us again at 630. Uh, don't forget he's got a, a lot of ties to the show and many different angles, so we're excited to get him back into the house with us. Now, then at 7 o'clock, we stay in the state of Georgia. We'll head over to Atlanta where we'll catch up with 24-7 sports very own Ben Moore. He's also a guy that oversees and um, reports directly with Georgia State. And that's going to be a lot of fun, kind of getting some update on the college front with him. And he'll talk some high school stuff, too, because, again, he is that guy who covers a lot of recruiting in different areas. So we'll get his conversation at 7 o'clock. And then at 7.30, we bring the bus back into the state of South Carolina. We head over to Cross High School. Cross High School, we'll check in with the head coach, Sean Wright. He is also the athletic director over there at 7.30. He'll talk to us the first We'll talk football with him. We'll talk about the head coaching position as he had a lot of young guys on the roster last year, a lot of uh, maturity between then and there, but they've had their own, you know, things to work around with this corona. The good news is that they're in Berkeley County. Now, Berkeley County is one of the few counties that didn't get slowed down as much as everybody else. So we'll find out how that has benefited him and how he looks forward to the up-and-coming season. And then we'll get him to slide over to the – athletic director's chair and we'll have that conversation with him and how he's handling not only the football conversation we'll talk to him about what's happening and all the other sports because again we do talk a lot of football here on southern sports central especially this time of year this is what we do this is usually the main course but we recognize and understand that there's still tennis volleyball track and field and swimming and a few other great sports and athletes are getting after it at this point as well so we're going to try to dive in there with uh the head football coach, also the athletic director of Cross High School in Cross, South Carolina, in Berkeley County, Coach Sean Wright. Then at 8 o'clock, we will take the bus and we'll head over to Fort Dorchester High School. They, of course, are a very solid team with a lot of talent coming back over there. Uh, they are, without doubt, Patriots are looking forward to having another big year. And we're going to be joined by a senior, a young man who's got a lot of looks and a lot of opportunity coming in to his senior season. He is a class of 21. Jalen Irvine will check in. He's a defensive back, like I mentioned, from Fort Dorchester High School in North Charleston, South Carolina. That's an 8 o'clock call. And then at 820, we go to the other side of the ball, and we'll head in to a young man that he'll meet in week one, and that's the offensive lineman all the way from Ashley Ridge in Somerville, South Carolina, Hampton Smith. The big man comes in here at class of 21. So that's how it looks like for tonight. It's going to be a very interesting show throughout. Of course, you can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. You can hang out with us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. And that's where 
all of the new shows and all the new information that uh, is coming out is going to be released on a regular basis. Now, we gave Eugene uh, the weekend off as he, of course, is enjoying some family time. And, again, that's what we're about is giving the opportunity to spend a little quality time uh, and, and a day like today, of course, it is beautiful. If you uh, started your day in Charleston like I did, after yesterday, it was a bit of 110 degrees with the heat index. And I'm still struggling the whole, it's 100 degrees, but it feels like 115. I don't understand why we just don't say it's 115, because uh, if you're telling me it feels like it, then that's what I'm going to go with. Now, that being said, that was yesterday. You get up today, head to the church, or wherever it is you go. We were heading to church this morning, my son and I, and it was 81 degrees. Man, it felt beautiful. The sun was out. It was brisk. It felt like football uh, there a little bit. There's a big difference between 115 to 81 and no humidity in the air. That was quite a nice treat uh, to wake up to this morning. Then we made our way up to the Grand Strand here today where we'll spend the evening and then tomorrow with our family up here. And uh, it's not bad. I've had a little overcast up here on the beach, but uh, we'll take it. Being this close to the ocean and being able to wake up like I used to and head out and enjoy some uh, some quality time with the family and just kind of relax a little bit, kick my feet up or stretch them out on the sand, if you will, there. So uh, that's kind of what's happening there. We are going to uh, go to break here. We want to cover everything as far as who's going to come on the show tonight. Again, we'll start off in Griffin. Georgia over at Griffin High School with Coach Kareem will join us here right out of this break. But there's a lot happening. We understand that come Tuesday, these young men in the state of South Carolina will be padding it up. They will go full throttle into practice mode. It is ready to rock, ready to roll mode. Now, these guys, of course, have been pinned up, and uh, some of them are just getting out for about two weeks now. Some of them have been going strong for quite some time. But overall, at this point, and I think there may be one, maybe two high schools who aren't playing football, and that's by their choice of the school. Now, that's the last I heard. How true that is, I don't know. I do know that that was something that was brought to me from you other sources, head coaches, if you will. So, uh, again, they are all excited to get out on the field. I've had multiple conversations with multiple players in the state of South Carolina in the last two or three days. Uh, I get an opportunity to spend a lot of time over at Ford Winchester where I'll be calling the game on Friday night with Eddie Tilling. Of course, that same man I just mentioned, uh, Mr. Clinton Robinson Sr., the professor, he's going to be standing on the sideline with me and Eddie. You're going to be up in the box giving it to you via TV. That's going to be cool. Doing it big over there at uh, FD Sports TV is going to be quite an interesting year. Seven-game schedule and then the playoffs. You play your conference you got a couple of non-conference games or region games. I guess that's the high school terminology. But I cannot wait. We did a little promo yesterday, man, and it was almost like, man, all right. We're almost back to what I like to call a typical day in September for me. And that's what it's all about, guys. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to catch up with a few. I got this motivation guy that I really like. If you've never heard of Eric Thomas, I want to give what he's got to say to you. It's about eight minutes, so enjoy this. This is about stop making excuses. What a great way to start the week or end the weekend and get positive here for a minute. We're going to take a break. We'll catch up with Coach Kareem right out of this. We're heading to Griffin, Georgia. Don't go anywhere. Oh, excuses, guys. I wish I could. 
I wish you could pay me $1,000 today. And I can tell you, 70% is enough. I wish you could pay me 1500 I wish you could pay me 1500 And I could say to you, 80% is going to get it. I guarantee, give me a 1500 I guarantee you, I guarantee you that I magic wand you and 80% will be equivalent to 100% for you. Boof. But it's not going to happen. So I need you to understand something. You can have it if you want it. But the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, God, the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, the harder the grind. And can I be honest with you guys? I'm grinding harder now than I've ever grinded before. Somebody said, E.T., why he called me up there said, E.T., I don't know if you've been paying attention, and they were right, I haven't. E.T., we've been going online, and if you go on YouTube and you put the best motivational video of all times, right now, E.T., that's your video. E, how do you feel? E.T., 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 I don't know if you did it, but I did it. The top motivational speakers in the world, and in some categories, E.T., you're there. You're like number 10, you're number 5, E.T. How do you feel, E.T.? I said, I'm going to be honest with you. It was easier when I wasn't on the list. It was easier because I wasn't focusing on that. We want people to make guarantees to us, but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves. Somebody gave you a guarantee, 30 dollars, 30 day guarantee. In 30 days, if, they, if you don't make what they told you was gonna make, in 30 days you got an attitude, you want your money back. But you've never demanded your money back from yourself. What do you do when you're not the only one that wants to make a million dollars in your company? You're not the only one that wants to be the president. You're not the only one that wants to be the CEO. What if you're not the only one that wants what you want? What if there are thousands of other people who want what you want? You have to outwork them. The reason why I'm not successful is because of my boss. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm not getting up on time? What do you do when a thousand other people want exactly what you want? You've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you let you down. Until you get to that point, you let you down. You've never, you're not brave enough. You want to put it on somebody else. I changed. And I stopped being a victim. I stopped saying, I've got to wait for good things to happen to me. And I said, I'm going to grind. I'm going to fight. I'm going to work. I'm going to press toward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do everything in my power every single day. You got to outgrind them. You got to get up earlier. You got to stay up later. You got to execute. And you got to go from 70 to 120. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's going to become a culture. You're probably thinking, E.T., you're doing less now than you did. We're doing more now. Every video, we got a spell check now. We didn't have to spell check this. We could put up, we could misspell it. Nobody cared. They didn't know who I was. Now, every single video is being scrutinized. 
Now every single thing we're doing, people are talking about. Now every single video we do has to be top notch. We go back to the first one. I didn't even say thank God it's Monday. I said magical Monday. I have standards. I have values. I don't care how much you pay me. If I speak at an elementary school for $300, I chose to do that. You always want to blame other people. You always want to you want to hold other people to the fire, but you're not holding yourself to the fire. You owe you an explanation. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why are you only giving 50%? What's wrong with you? You need to put yourself on punishment. Those of you with dreams and goals, I want you to be honest with me. Seven days of a week, seven days of the week, you can honestly say as it relates to your goals, beast mode, you give 120%. Every, every single day you get up 120% beast mode. The greatest feeling in the world, guys, the greatest feeling in the world is execution. The greatest feeling in the world is doing what you said you were going to do. There's no greater feeling in the world. I need you to do me a favor. When you leave, I need you to be honest with yourself. I need you to be transparent. I need you to say in my, in my dreams, I'm beast mode. Beast mode. My business plan, beast mode. My income that I have for myself, beast mode. What I want to do for my children, beast mode. In the university, the scores I need, beast mode. I've got to go into beast mode to get it. And I want you to look at your time. And you look at your time and say, ah, gazelle. That's a gazelle right there. You look at your habits, gazelle. And as long as your habits are gazelle, but your mindset is beast, you'll never see it. Listen to me, I would prefer that you have a gazelle, literally, I would prefer that your, your, your thought pattern, your, your dreams are gazelle. Like I, I would prefer income, gazelle. But what you did every day was beast. And without you saying a word, without you telling the world, if you if gazelle tattoo, but you act like a beast, guess what you would get? You would get more than what you bargained for because that's what happened to us. All we were doing was videos. We never knew that we would be a global company. We never knew we would be a multi-million dollar company. We never knew we'd have stores in our strut. We never knew we would sell our books in Africa. We never knew our stuff would be in England. We never knew. So we were these small kids doing small stuff. But when you looked at our schedule and our activities, beast mode. Listen to me very closely. If you don't have belief, if you don't have hope, if you don't have faith, you ain't got nothing. The first level to success in the classroom, the first level to success in school, the first level to success in sports, the first level to success in life. Listen to me, the very first level, the very first level is you seeing it. Like it's clear to you. Like you know exactly, exactly what you want. You know exactly when you want it. Listen to me. You know exactly what it tastes like. You know what it looks like. You know what it smells like. Before you really blow up, blow up, and you get success, like you literally have it in the palm of your hand without having it. What does your dream look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Who gave me five grand? Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Hillman here live on Southern Sports Central. We're waiting on Coach Kareem to join us here all the way from Griffin, Georgia. He is a 
head football coach over at Griffin High School. They pick up a big win, by the way, on Friday night. Hopefully here in moments he'll be joining us here to talk about that big win and along with all of the ups and downs and all around that, that's happening in not just his school but around his school. And of course, the state of Georgia, uh, you know, they did push it back a little bit, but I believe they're they're running. They're rolling. They're getting it done. And, of course, you know, when they pick up a big win, you know, we're going to get in the big coach. And uh, without further ado, it's time to bring in the big man who picked up a big win and the one and only going to join us all the way from Griffin, Georgia, Coach Kareem Reed. What's up, Coach? Hey, how you guys doing? Well, great, man. First of all, congratulations. What a way to start the year, huh? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. We uh, played a cross-town rival that, you know, it's always going to be a spirited, uh, you know, game for us. The kids uh, all know each other. And so we worked all summer, you know, towards trying to get, you know, ready for this first game. And we took care of business. So I'm excited and I was pleased with it. No doubt about it. Looking at some of the guys here, uh, you got a, uh, I believe, class of 21, the DB wide receiver Prince Green gets a game ball defensively. On the defense, he gets uh, number, he's a class of 22 defensive end, Donovan. Westmoreland, he gets there, gets something, and then you give a special teams game ball to the kicker, Josh. How do you pronounce his name? I want to make sure I get it right here, Coach Galvez. Is that right? Galvez, Galvez, Galvez. There you go. Now uh, let's talk about those three guys. I mean, for you to give a game ball, Coach, I, I know that's a huge honor and a great way to start a season. And uh, let's break it off at the uh, the offensive side. Tell me about Mr. Prince Green. What, what kind of night did he have? Oh, uh, Prince had. Uh... He had five catches for 81 yards and, and two touchdowns, so we were really happy with his effort. Um, he's a kid that is a two-way guy for us. He's committed to Illinois right now as a defensive back, but uh, he did a heck of a job on offense for us as well. And so, uh, yeah, he was a high man for the night on receiving yards, and he got the game ball for that. Then on the other side of the ball, defensive end, and the class of 22, this upcoming junior, he is a junior now because I guess you guys are up and running, but defensive end, Donovan, Westmoreland comes in and gets the game ball, Coach. What kind of night did he have? And uh, let's get some highlights from him on his side. Yeah, Donovan had a heck of a night, man. He uh, He's a kid that's been having a great summer camp. Um, and he's a guy that we knew would make a lot of plays for us. We converted him from the, uh, linebacker to defensive end this past season, or this past offseason, I should say. And he had uh, seven and a half tackles, four sacks, uh, a forced fumble, and two tackles for loss. So, I mean, he just had a monster game. And wreaked a lot of havoc on that side of the ball. And then we give it over there. And, of course, uh, showing love to the kickers. Uh, you know, Eugene's off tonight, by the way, but he is our special teams coach here uh, in uh, on Southern Sports Central. But you gave the love there to your special teams guy and your kicker. He also punted as well. Tell us a little bit more about Josh. What kind of uh, eventful night did he get? Yeah, well, he was good. Uh, he was true on all his extra point tries. And, and uh, he did a great job of punting um, as well. And also on his kickoffs, um, and so he placed the balls exactly where we asked him to, you know, to kick them. And he just did a good job being engaged, being sharp, and giving us a, a good night on special teams. We're live right now. We're hanging out virtually, of course, uh, with the head football coach, Coach Kareem Reed. He is the head football coach over at Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia. They pick up the win on Friday night, this past Friday night, of course. Uh, coach, how great was it to be back out there with your dogs and getting after and winning against Crosstown Rivalry? I mean, what great way uh, could you have scripted it any better to start the season with all the other, uh, I would say, distractions that we've had throughout the summer? No, it was perfect, man. It was exciting. It was, uh, again, an opportunity for us to kind of get out in front of the community and showcase, 
exactly, uh, you know, all the hard work we've been uh, putting in since we got the green light to go ahead and start practicing in June. And, again, it, it, each game is, you know, I told our guys nothing is guaranteed this year. And so we had to live in the moment and savor each opportunity that we got because there were a lot of teams across the state of Georgia that did not start and have opportunity to play that on this past Friday. And so, you know, we didn't want to take that for granted. And, and, and like I told my guys, nothing is guaranteed week to week. Um, as we saw, a few teams had to cancel games even on game day last week. So uh, we just enjoyed it, uh, laid everything on the line and, and tried to put all our efforts into that winning that one that game. And now we get a chance to move forward. Live right now, hanging out over on the campus virtually in Griffin, Georgia, at Griffin High School with their head football coach. Coach Dream joins us here once again to talk about the Bears. And they did the business on Friday night. Now, Coach, you guys started, I guess, practicing in, in June. Is it was it June you mentioned? Yeah, June 8th. June 8th. Well, a lot of other states uh, not so lucky, I would guess, like North Carolina, Virginia, not even playing. The state right next door to you in South Carolina, we're playing in about three weeks from now. Uh, how has it been, how hard has it been to keep everybody together but yet do it socially distanced? And, and, and this is, by the way, this isn't a contact sport. I like to say this is a collision sport. How, how did you guys able to kind of keep it together while maintaining the goals in front of you? Well, you know, we had to do initially everything virtually, Zoom meetings and, uh, you know, try to uh, make sure we kept uh, group chats going and did use Google Classrooms to kind of give our kids assignments on football and did our installs via that way as well. Um, and then once we came back together, we had to follow all the guidelines that the uh, state put, you know, before us initially just allowing us to bring in small groups at a time and we just had to figure it out and adjust and adapt. And so uh, I think our kids did a great job of, Again, when we were apart during the quarantine part, uh, just staying engaged with us virtually. Um, our, I made all our coaches create Twitter accounts and made sure our kids had a way to, to, to reach out to them if they, they didn't have, you know, access to a phone. Our kids always going to have access to social media. Some way, somehow, they'll find a way to figure that out. So I wanted our, our guys to be available via that platform as well. And so uh, those are the ways we kind of, you know, just stayed connected while we were apart. We're live right now on the campus, virtually hanging out over there in the state of Georgia. Of course, uh, we are with Griffin High School's head football coach, Coach Green Reed. They get win number one. They've got some ballers doing what they do over there with the Bears, bearing down and putting out some talent. And they, of course, move in to the next week undefeated at this point, 1-0. Now, Coach, when you start to kind of look at things, and let's talk about and recruiting and talk about getting your coaches all to have – a Twitter handle. First of all, I, I can imagine, you know, that was probably a, a, a reward in itself to be able to get these guys up and running because I'm not sure the age brackets of your coaching tree, but for some of the older guys, they, they didn't understand the whole system of, of what Twitter means. And you know as well as I do, it's the easiest avenue for these college coaches to find not only the players, but your coaches that are position coaches. Tell us how big that played a role through the summer with all these different stipulations that we had to go through and not having the access to get on the campuses? Well, you know, um, we've used that platform and I've used that social media in general since I kind of became a head coach to kind of market and promote my programs as well as my players. And so um, it was really nothing new for us. Um, we've done it uh, in the past. And I also had two coordinators on my staff that are very active uh, on Twitter as well that, that use that platform to, to push and promote the kids along, along with myself. So um, some of the guys on my staff, uh, you know, it, it was it was new to them, but it, they they jumped right in and 
and they did a good job of, again, just echoing the things we wanted to kind of echo via uh, using social media in terms of promoting their position groups and their players and just the overall culture of the program and just good, putting out good content and keep everybody engaged and, and promoting uh, uh, what we got going on at Griffin. Live right now, hanging out with the head football coach over Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia. The Bears pick up a big win on Friday night, a cross-town rival. Got a piece of that action on Friday as they improved to 1-0. and And now, Coach Reed, when you start to kind of put everything, Friday night, how weird was it? I know that it's just good to have the kids on the field, the athletes balling out. But kind of paint the picture for us here in South Carolina or around the country what is it like in, in Georgia on a Friday night with all the new rules when it comes to the math and how many how many individuals can come in and sit in the stadium and be a part of this event? I know for me it was a bit of a headache earlier in the week because when they put out um, <laughs> that we were selling tickets uh, via Internet only, there, were, there weren't going to be any sales at the box office at the stadium. Uh, once they put the, the, the link online for, for fans to purchase tickets, and we were only bringing the – uh, the stadium to 30. Uh, we sold out in two hours. And so, uh, you know, I had a lot of parents and, and people that support the program uh, trying to contact me for tickets. And I'm like, listen, I have no control over that. I'm not Ticketmaster. I, I, I can't help you at the moment. I don't even know how many coaches tickets we're going to get. And so trying to deal with that um, and answer questions on, on that while getting ready for a game was a bit challenging and it was a bit you know, annoying uh, to, to, to say the least because I'm trying to focus on winning the game. I, I really don't care about the ticket situation. I, I would play in the empty stadium if we had to. But at the end of the day, I think our county did a good job of, uh, you know, managing that situation. Um, and then essentially, you know, I think everybody did a good job of coming in with masks and just kind of trying to social distance as much as possible um, and, and enjoying the game still. So for us as a team, I know that, um, it was no different. It was business as usual as any other game they would be. But I'm sure, you know, the stadium uh, workers, had. it was a little bit of a first uh, for them in terms of, you know, just letting everybody in and validating tickets on people's phones and, so, and, you know, things of that nature. We're live right now hanging out at Griffin High School. Of course, uh, Coach Cream joins us here to talk not only about the big win on Friday night, he's talking about all the new things and, and, and the headaches. I mean, that's the reality, Coach. I said, again, you're trying to win a ball game. You're trying to prepare your athletes for what's coming up Friday night. Oh, by the way, you, you got to be a little bit about nine different things, right? I mean, you had to worry about who's getting them, who's not getting them, who has all the right information, who's taking it home. I mean, it's, it's almost uh, a whole different – can of worms, if you will, and I hate to use that technical uh, terminology, but uh, again, not something when you took this job you thought you were going to be dealing with, and then, again, you can upset my daddy, but upset the mamas and the grandmamas, man, I can only imagine, you know, how those conversations went. <laughs> yeah, those are those are some of the ones that, uh, you know, it didn't go too smoothly, but uh, we, we worked it out and figured it out, and, and uh, luckily, you know, our opponent didn't, they didn't sell out their full allotment as quickly. And so they allowed our fans to purchase their tickets and still sit on our side and things like that. So it all worked out. And, and going forward, we shouldn't have any more issues um, because I think people kind of understand now that they got to get those tickets as soon as they go on sale. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, Coach, you mentioned uh, via the phone. I know here in South Carolina it looks like that's the avenue they're going through where you purchase the ticket, you go on to an app on your phone. Is that kind of the way it works out? You guys are purchasing through the phone and then using as much virtual conversation as they can? 
Yeah, for us in our county, I think in the metro uh, Atlanta area uh, and other counties as well, they're doing the uh, using a site called GoFan, which allows them to uh, our fans to buy tickets and it, it sends it directly to their phone. I believe it's like a QR code. Uh, they get right in your email, and uh, and so they validate that ticket uh, electronically at the gate. Just as you know, all the new sporting, all the sporting events now in pro sports and college use pretty much the same, uh, you know, platform as well. So uh, you just bring it to the high school level, and I think that kind of limits and and uh, cuts down on the uh, human interaction part. Hanging out right now on the campus virtually over there in Brisbane, Georgia. Brisbane's own head football coach, Kareem Reed. We're kind of talking a little bit about not just the game of football, but what it takes to get into the game of football. Did you guys have uh, the cheerleaders and the band there, Coach? Uh, just trying to get that atmosphere un- understood here coming from the Carolina coastline. Uh, when you guys went into 250, does that include those in the media in the box, those on the sidelines with the cheerleaders and the band as well? So for us, the way it was set up, the cheerleaders were down in the end zone. Uh, you know, they're typically on the sideline, but they put them in the end zone. And then our band uh, was in a part in the stands, obviously, uh, and they were had a section and too close to them. And so that's kind of how we did it and, and handled it on our end. Got to love all this updated here as you're listening to you live right here with Southern Sports Center. I'm Richie Allman hanging out with the head football coach over there, of course, uh, at Griffin High School. Coach Kareem Reed picks up the big win coming out of week one. They played the rival, Coach. Uh, we had a broadcast a few about a month ago where a gentleman had kind of encouraged uh, others to play senior games early, you know, having that, 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 that senior game early, having the parent night early. Any special things happening over there, Griffin, that you guys are moving some things around just in case what might be around the corner? Yeah, so we actually uh, definitely looked into that. Uh, week one wouldn't have been good logistically for us to make that happen. However, our next home contest, which will be in about four weeks, um, we're going to actually on October 2nd uh, have senior night. That will be our next home game. So, yeah, we are adjusting. Uh, a few things. Uh, homecoming won't be the same. Obviously, there won't be a parade. Uh, parents and and, uh, and you know uh, family and friends won't be allowed on the stadium field uh, to walk those seniors out. So we'll have to do something uh, virtually or electronically, I should say, where they kind of give them a video message on the board or have like some still shots on a video on a video board on the scoreboard as the seniors walk out to midfield by themselves. But uh, those are a few of the things that we're going to adjust. And like you said, you know, it's going to move senior night up to our next home game so we can get it in and honor those guys just in case we, we can't make it to the end. Live right now, hanging out on the virtual tour of the course, Griffin High School. They win big on Friday night, cross-town rival. Got introduced to the Bears 2020 campaign for state championship, and we're catching up with the man who has put it all together, Coach Kareem Reed. And we're giving you guys all of this information so that the listeners, the ears amongst us, can maybe take some of this to your high school. That's why we do what we do here, because we're in unprecedented time. It calls for unprecedented measures. Now, Coach, let me ask you this. I know you come from a pretty strong coaching tree. Coach Parks is part of that. Uh, the current coach over at Cedar Grove, Patrick, he's part of that as well. And then there's another gentleman. Oh, Coach Bonnie, have you guys reached out to each other over there, that, that Cedar Grove tree, to kind of say, hey, man, what are you doing over here? What are you doing over there? Because, again, you know, this is the time I would feel that a lot of conversations were being had when you guys were maybe trying to get a plan together and seeing what works for one and the other. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely communicated. Um, 
the, the, the thing is that, you know, each county in, in Georgia, their rules were a little bit all different. Um, and so, you know, my county was a little bit different than, than Cedar Groves County and DeKalb, where they haven't, they haven't started yet. They won't be able to start to the end of uh, September. And so they, they, they won't be playing any games. So, you know, everybody's trying to just uh, figure it out according to uh, whatever jurisdiction they fall under. Luckily for us, we stuck to as, uh, as close to normal as possible. So we, we got a chance to kick it off on Friday. Um, but a couple of, you know, like Perry over there in uh, South Carolina, they didn't start on time either. So um, everybody just adjusting and adapting and, and kind of bouncing ideas and see what's going on. But uh, we necessarily can't be doing the same thing because uh, everybody has different rules depending on where they're at. No doubt about it, Coach. Uh, we always enjoy getting you in here. Now, you have another game coming up this week. Kind of give us the format in Georgia. Now, for South Carolina coaching, play all of your region games. You might get one or two non-region games. It's a shortened season over here in the Carolinas, or at least in South Carolina. I have to be careful because I know North Carolina's not playing until February or March. But then they will go into playoff mode. What is the schedule? Is it a full schedule, shortened schedule? And kind of give us the layout uh, going forward. Yeah, so we, we have a full schedule of 10 games, and, and so we'll have five non-region games and, and five region games. And so uh, for us, again, we're blessed because we get an opportunity uh, to pretty much stick to as close to normal as possible. Uh, we won't have any hiccups in our schedule. Everything just got pushed back two weeks, and, and outside of that, everything will be as is uh, the way it was before before the pandemic hit. Wow. I tell you what, you just made a lot of people in South Carolina shake their heads, scratch their noggins, because here it is that seven-game season. Again, it's better than one or no games. I agree with that part, Coach. Now, who's next on the schedule uh, for you guys on Friday night? And, and kind of give me the layout. How does the rest of this week coming up? Are you guys practicing tomorrow with it being Labor Day? And then just kind of give me what's the typical weekday schedule from Monday to game day. Yeah, so this week we got a big-time opponent, uh, perennial powerhouse in the state of Georgia, Lowndes County High School, uh, who played in the 7A state championship game last year and lost to Marietta. But they've consistently been in it uh, down there in title time from, from Valdosta, Georgia. So uh, got a huge, huge challenge ahead of us. And, and today we met as coaches, as a staff, and, and also with the players individually at 8 a.m. this morning. We'll kind of watch the film from Friday. And then uh, tomorrow we'll, bring, we'll come in. We got our 8 a.m. practice. Uh, we'll, we'll bring the kids in at 8 a.m. And, and we'll be done right around noon. And then uh, on Tuesday, we'll go in the afternoon from 3.30 to about 7. And then Wednesday, Thursday, first is always early in the morning. So we practice at 5.30 a.m. till about 6.45, for about an hour and 15 minutes usually on Wednesday and Thursday. And so uh, and then Friday, we load the buses and head down to Valdosta to take on lounge. So that's kind of how the week will go for us. Man, so is it every day, every Wednesday and Thursday during the season, you guys do the morning practice? Is that to beat the heat and beat the rainstorms that kind of come through this side of the world? So it serves two part, uh, multiple purposes, actually. So for us on Wednesdays, we academically we have uh, what's called school-wide tutorial where the teachers stay after school. And But when we were in school, uh, they would stay after and, uh, and help our guys one-on-one with individual instruction whatever, in whatever courses they needed help with. So for us, by getting our football responsibilities out of the way in the morning, um, allows our guys all the flexibility in the afternoon to, to kind of take care of their academics, get caught up if they're behind or get that extra attention with their teachers. Also, yes, it does help us beat the heat. 
Um, and it allows my coaches to kind of go home in the afternoons and maybe pick their kid up from school or help their own families with what they want to get done. And then on Thursdays for us, um, we go in the morning because we have uh, JV and ninth grade games in the afternoons, right? So we have to get the older guys taken care of, make sure we give them all the attention and the coaching that we need. Uh, and then they're allowed to go home and, and you know, right after school and then be allowed to uh, give all our undivided attention to the to the young kids. So uh, it just serves the purpose, you know, of, of those, you know, few things. And, and our kids actually love it. They practice really, really good in the morning. Um, I think because football is the first thing on the brain, it gives them opportunity to kind of have a clear mind when they come in. And uh, they're a lot more uh, attentive. And once we get rolling, they actually fly around pretty, pretty good in, in the morning. So we like it, and it works for us. Live right now with Coach Kareem Reed. He is the head football coach hanging out with us right now from Griffin High School. They pick up win number one in week one. Crosstown rival their head next Friday night in Valdosta. You guys understand that's a football city in itself, and they are ready for the challenge. But, Coach, back to what you just said, I like the factor of the other side and the academic part that by the time they go into classrooms, their mind's already moving, and, and the energy probably is, is pretty high, and their alertness is, is definitely there. I, I would imagine that helps a lot of them be a little bit more uh, receptive to, to what's going on in the classroom, Coach. Yeah, definitely, and, and, and we also know that we're all they're all on time and in, in first period, right? So <laughs> it kind of right. we inserted our kids <laughs> are in school and, and where they're supposed to be. And it, it takes that uh, that academic piece um, where where the parents may you know we don't have to worry about a kid missing practice because he has to go to t- a tutoring session. So we we get our football responsibilities taken care of and uninterrupted in the morning. And in the last week, I, I didn't fail to mention this part. So on Thursdays, that also gives our guys, our older kids, longer rest time from from practice to kickoff on Friday nights. So we we practice in the morning on Thursday. So you have a long rest period get a good nice rest on Thursday and then we don't tee it up until 7:30 on Friday. So that, that's all part of the deal and why we do it that way. You know, coach, that's the cool thing about doing what I get to do. I get to talk to many awesome guys and build relationships like you and I have built towards some of your other colleagues and your days over Cedar Grove. And I'm still working on getting maybe when the season comes and goes, we're going to get Coach Bonner and you guys together. We'll have a, uh, a show just us. And we talked about that before. But to hear your side of how you're doing things, coach, I've heard that other coaches and other athletic directors are listening to what you're saying because two things. A, all the things you mentioned in football are 100% accurate. But, A, you know your kids are there. They're on time. B, you know they're awake. They're alert. They, there's no reason that they're going to be sitting there half asleep because, well, you just got their motors running in multiple ways. So I love that aspect of it as well. Coach, final thing before I get you out back to the family, and I do appreciate your time on a Sunday night, and I look forward to doing this with you, hopefully if not every week, every other week, and talking about your program over here on Southern Sports Central. But uh, how much football did you get to take in yesterday, man? I know it wasn't the Power Five, but, man, wasn't it great just to see some solid football on that TV yesterday? Oh, absolutely. It was a, it was a great day for me. I know I usually sit around and watch college football all day on Saturdays. Um, because I'm just so exhausted from Friday night, so I just kind of break down our film from the previous night, and and then while while I do that, I have a, a game on the TV. So, no, it was good to finally see some football on, on the tube, and I also watched a lot of high. There was a bunch of high school games on in the state of Georgia as well. Lounge actually played Archer High School yesterday, um, so I watched that wow. game on TV, and then I got a chance I think to watch it was the Memphis game against uh, I can't remember who they played, but uh, I took a peek at that one too. So uh, it was definitely good and. And I'm glad to see, you know, that, that football is uh, being played. No doubt. Memphis quarterback, by the way, had a field day yesterday. I don't care who he played against. 
you still got to be able to do what he did yesterday. I thought he looked great. There was a lot of great football on yesterday. And like you mentioned, having high school football on as well. Coach, uh, any way we can watch you guys on Friday night or is there a replay? Or I know with this whole new thing, everybody's trying to do some virtual love. Anything out there for you guys? I know that the NFHS uh, streams our games online. Um, I believe Lounge might have something in place for for, uh, for their game specifically. I'm not exactly sure what it is just yet, but I know that NFHS.com, uh, the National uh, Football High School uh, Network, I believe is what it is, what it is, is uh, the ones that will be streaming our game for, I think it's like maybe 10 bucks, just like the same cost as a ticket. Um, and you can watch all the right. games there. So um, that's, what I, that's what I think is, uh, you know, going to be the platform for us. Well, that's a great thing, Coach. Uh, we greatly appreciate your time. We're going to actually catch up with you off the air probably sometime during the day tomorrow, at least through social media. I'll tweet at you or something and get some of this more information so I can put out here for our listeners. But congratulations. We look forward to getting some more game balls out here on the air. And uh, good job. And uh, keep bearing down over there, of course, at Griffin. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me on. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time of many, and last year was a debut, this year it is going to be every, hopefully, week we're going to get in here with that head football coach over there. Of course, uh, Griffin High School landed a stud on the football field when they brought in Coach Kareem Reed. He is part of a huge, huge coaching tree that starts with Coach Bonner, all that Cedar Grove stuff that we talk about right here. It's a culture. It's a reality, and he carried that mindset right over there to Griffin, Georgia, and look what they did. They opened up in week one across town, rivals, and go, here we go. This is what we're doing. We pick up a W. They get some game balls headed out there, and I was glad to get him in and talk about these game balls along with him. Now, we got to go to break because when we come back, we're going from Griffin, Georgia, to Atlanta, Georgia, with the one and only course is going to join me here in just a few. Of course, uh, 24-7 sports has been very good to us as we've been very, very lucky to have guys like Ben Moore. He's going to join us next. Since we're at the beach, here's a little beach music for you between now and top of the hour, guys. When this whole world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to face I climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares just drift right into
uh, over there in the state of Alabama as well as they've been uh, going at it for several weeks. And it's just it just gives uh, everyone a little bit more uh, sense of normalcy. Things uh, and, and Friday night lights, especially in the South, are, there's just nothing like it. Uh, you know, so many good uh, good good programs, so many great uh, you know matchups, and, and truly uh, when you can you know pull up on a Friday afternoon and quite literally see a town shut down. Uh, where is everybody? What's going on? Well, everyone's at the high school stadium watching football. So um, I, you know, you're starting to see that a little bit more. And, and uh, no, um, they limited some of the folks in the building uh, in terms of capacity from the from, from Metro Atlanta uh, all the way down to South Georgia, Lowndes and Valdosta, some of those powerhouses down in South Georgia. But um, it's getting back there, and, and certainly progress is being made. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful – to see it, thankful to cover it, thought, thankful to, to talk to some uh, some coaches, and, and a shout out to uh, to Coach Reed, who is a Georgia State alum, as I am as well. So uh, we he is a member of the Panther family, and we uh, I know Coach Reed pretty well. So glad glad he glad to uh, to be on the show. Certainly after him. Live right now, of course, checking in with twenty four seven Sports. Uh, of course, uh, this guy has been a part of our show for quite some time, and that is Ben Moore. You know, when he's on the air, that means there's football around the corner now. College football did start off, I thought it looked pretty good yesterday. No, we didn't get the ones that maybe we would like to have gotten. But I got to be honest, they got from, uh, what, what was it, Memphis yesterday that played. Uh, there was a couple of guys that were just standout great performances yesterday. I saw a catch, even though the team lost a great catch in the end zone. But it's still, while I appreciated football, it still took me by surprise, even though I knew there were nobody in the stands when the camera guy would mess up because I don't think they're supposed to get in the sand too much. And uh, you just kind of can tell, man, even though we're playing football, it's a little different this year. Oh, oh there's no doubt. And and I think that's the biggest thing we've seen. Uh, and as you mentioned, I mean, these are not the, the big-time names. A lot of folks across the country will know. Uh, but you're starting to see – uh, some some of the better talent in, in America in, in the uh, Group of Five. You had Conference USA, the American Athletic Association, the Sun Belt were on full display uh, the last couple nights. Started kicking off uh, Thursday night with South Alabama uh, playing and, and uh, getting a dub there um, down down there um, uh, in Hattiesburg and Southern Miss. But you know you're, you're right, it is very different, and I think it's almost a habit for for cameramen. They're they're looking to you know hey let's pan to the crowd. Well there's there's nobody there, um, so it's a very different environment. It's a very different experience. You know schools bringing you know uh, not cheerleaders on the road and bands on the road, and I think that's part of it. The, the pageantry certainly will be a little bit different in 2020, but the folks that do get an opportunity to go and uh, catch a college football game this season, of course, socially distanced, um, you know, I think are, are, are enjoying it, and, and certainly we saw some uh, impressive performances, impressive individual performances. I uh, watched a couple games was bouncing around yesterday. I uh, did catch a little bit of that Memphis-Arkansas uh, State game. Uh, those two programs are about 45 minutes apart, so that is a that is a rivalry uh, there. Arkansas State certainly uh, would like to be where Memphis is, and certainly the success they've had in the last few years. And uh, you know they they uh, they they caught one uh, there on the road. Live right now, of course, hanging out with us on 24/7 Sports. Ben Moore hanging out in the ATL. We're out here in Surfside Beach on the road, remotely at a free Labor Day show here on Southern Sports Central. Of course. Marshall beats Eastern Kentucky 59 to nothing. That was a very impressive performance by everybody that wore green, right? I mean, even though they went for it a couple of times, you're like, oh, oh, they're going to do it anyways. And, again, you know, it's the whole, you know, your job's to stop me. It's my job to score type of mentality. And they did it many times. Army taking down Middle Tennessee 42 to nothing. North Texas 57-31 over 
Houston Baptist. That was kind of an interesting game for a couple different reasons. And then, like you mentioned, Memphis over Arkansas State, UTEP over uh, was it SF Austin, and then Monday night. Monday night. This isn't what we're used to neither, because usually it's an SEC versus an ACC game. And well, you're backyard right there in Atlanta, but this time we're going to see BYU and Navy, a triple option team coming in, handling in uh, BYU. What do you expect out of a game like this? Uh, you know, to certainly contra- contrasting styles. Uh, BYU certainly has a has a reputation of being a very difficult uh, matchup. They traveled to Annapolis, uh, Maryland, to to face the mids of uh, of Navy. Uh, I've got a friend on that staff, uh, known known him for quite a few years. Uh, he's on the defensive side of the ball, and and just talked to, talked about the challenges that uh, BYU would bring, and and how they were you know going to be again extremely disciplined, well coached. Uh, pretty tough. It's the same BYU program that went into uh, you know University of Tennessee last year, week two, and knocked off the Vols on the road. Uh, certainly, they were reeling uh, the first couple weeks there in 2019. But uh, Navy's tough. They have a great coach, great pedigree. Um, you know, they've they've really you know they, they, you know you mentioned the triple option. You know, I've I've kind of equated it to anesthesia, uh, where you just eventually it's going to wear you down and get you. Um, and we saw that, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, with uh, with Army and Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State just had no answers. And I think that's the biggest thing about playing a triple option team. You just have to limit mistakes. And that's so difficult as this is game one, um, you know, for BYU. And if you turn the ball over, uh, you know, as we saw the other night with Army, uh, you, you may have a 90-some-odd-yard uh, drive that may take 12 minutes because they will milk the clock. They're very deliberate. Um, the clock's running the entire time. So you only get – a certain a limited number of possessions per game, you know, up to potentially three or four less than what you're normally uh, used to getting because they're in no hurry to get up and down the field. But at the same time, if you miss a tackle, you miss assignment, you jump, uh, try to jump a block, uh, they can it can go the distance. So uh, very interested to, to watch those two programs lock up uh, tomorrow. As you mentioned, it would have been the Chick-fil-A kickoff game here in Atlanta. Um, the culmination of, uh, of a huge weekend for Chick-fil-A uh, and, and some major programs. But, hey, a little bit of love uh, for, for some programs that not a ton of folks that uh, didn't attend the Naval Academy or BYU normally pay attention to, but it is college football, and I'm sure the ratings-wise, people will be watching it for sure. Hanging out right now, Ben Moore, 24-7 sports in the ATL, hanging out with us, talking college football. Got to love it. It is underway, and these guys are getting after it. Now, let's stay in Georgia, but yet touch a few other schools around uh, the country. When I mentioned this conversation, I did notice Georgia's got a quarterback that's going to opt out this year it looks like and then UCF got over almost a dozen guys but this is kind of starting to become trendy here uh Ben kind of touch on that how are you guys handling you know the headlines when you see big names starting to do big things and it's not on the field it's not playing on the field yeah shout, shout out to Jake Rowe uh 24-7 and dog sports 24-7 um who, who who was all over the story and, and did a great job reporting the Jamie Newman situation he was a graduate transfer from Wake Forest University uh enrolled uh in Athens and was expected to be the starting quarterback and we kind of heard some whispers not about him necessarily opting out but just about uh you know the the quarterback battle that was happening over there in Athens you had um, you know, basically JT Daniels transfer from Southern Cal come in and was really giving Jamie Newman what's what in fall camp. Uh, also, Dwan Mathis, the guy who uh, was, was kind of way out of the radar unless you were following the University of Georgia program, uh, a three-way battle basically to go through it. Um, and there were some whispers of, hey, 
maybe Jamie Newman, you know, wasn't going to be the starter when they opened up against Arkansas. Uh, there may have been multiple guys who were going to get an opportunity to play against the Razorbacks uh, there on the 26th of September. So, uh, yeah, Jamie Newman, you know, citing COVID-19 uh, concerns, uh, is going to prepare himself and get ready for the NFL. I know uh, some folks, NFL scouts, do like him and his, his physical ability, but uh, just not having that tape, uh, you know, from his final season and, and really with probably some of the better uh, weapons that he would have at his disposal, no, no, nothing disparaging necessarily to his time at Wake Forest, but we know uh, how much better the offensive line, running game, and even some of the wide receiver and tight end options are at the University of Georgia. You know, I think that's kind of tough to, to not see it, but, hey, uh, this is the age we live in. As you mentioned, UCF doing the same thing. Talked to Tate Gowan, one of the cornerbacks that, that actually opted out um, shortly after he posted that information on his uh, social media feeds. And uh, he's a guy that's from Metro Atlanta area and just said, hey, you know, he has got some members of his family with some health concerns and, and did not want to potentially put them in jeopardy. I respect the decision. I know some fans that we've seen across the country with folks opting out have uh, certainly voiced their opinion. But uh, as, as a guy who can play the next level in the NFL, um, there's, there's several guys that are looking at it and saying, hey, uh, you know, I probably need to do what's smart here for me and my family. And uh, the best news for a lot of these kids as well, for those who opt out for the season, the NCAA has already come out and said, hey, you, you get to preserve your eligibility regardless. So extra redshirt year if they have already taken it. If not, they can uh, you know, opt out that way and, and uh, you know, prepare in different ways. So uh, very interesting to see how many more, more programs have guys that opt out. Uh, we've certainly seen LSU have some major uh, names pop out as well. No, Jamar Chase is, is bounced out. And that's the other side that was brought up by Rusty Mansell 24-7 the other day uh, on local Atlanta radio is how many guys are in these these kids' ear. How many, you know, whether it's parents, whether it's agents, whether it's other guys, where they look around and say, hey, look, you've done enough. Your film's out there. What what happens if you go out and you play two games and, and don't look as good and you get hurt? And this is a shortened season. That's the other side as well, where it's not going to be a full 12-game schedule where you may be able to, be able to pad your stats or pad your, your film. So it is a, it is a different world in, in 2020, but uh, these kids certainly are making, have a decision to make and figure that out. But as closer you get to the season, it is tougher and tougher on the coaches to kind of scramble and figure out, especially at the important positions. Hanging out in Atlanta with Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports. They are a big-time contributor along with Ben here on Southern Sports Central. Let's look at the balls. And Coach Pruitt has actually done, I thought, a great job until that headline broke out where, of course, they've got uh, 44 players out between injuries and testing positive for that word that we don't use on this radio show. It's not that kind of show. That being said, uh, Ben, is this a concern going forward? And, of course, it is. But how much of a concern? Because I spoke to a parent earlier today who's got a young man on a campus playing college football. I'll leave it at that. And my understanding is that they've got these gentlemen all in certain areas. And if one guy goes down, everybody uh, in that cubicle, I think there's another word for it, but we'll say cubicle, has to go core teams as well. Is, is that the reality of where we are? And that's why – realistically, whether you're in Little League or the NFL and everything in between, everybody needs to get some work in because it's just one negative test. You could be down one, maybe two or three guys all in one swoop. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. You know, you, you, know, you talk to coaches and you, you've um, – you know, you see how they're handling meetings. You're seeing uh, a lot of coaches try to – instead of having everybody, you know, jammed into a meeting room or offensive-defensive room, uh, you're trying to – 
put guys in, in, in a Zoom session and, and doing things that way or using some other tools to, to really kind of limit their exposure. Um, you have folks that are testing multiple times a week, but if you do have exposure, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things this weekend. You know, there are a lot, a lot of kids who, who may go home or, or may be off campus or may just mingle with folks, you know, going out to eat and, and maybe grabbing a bite to eat with their girlfriends out on campus. Um, you have that risk. So, um, you know, if there is a positive case there, you know, the schools have certain protocols that they want to abide by and say, look, anybody exposed, uh, from what I've basically understood, the SEC has you know, specific protocols. Hey, if you do have a positive case, then you have to do this. If they test positive again, then they need to, you know, do this and have, you know, negative tests consecutive days um, and kind of going through those protocols. So, you know, every every conference is a little bit different as though they are, are similar in, in their approach. Uh, but you have some schools, you know, that, that don't have classes in session. You have several ACC schools who are, have all gone virtual now. So the kids are, are no longer there in the North Carolina, uh, punted their students pretty quickly. Uh, if you're Mac Brown and that coaching staff, you love it because you want to keep, you know, an insulated bubble-type environment uh, as opposed to some of these other schools who have their student bodies on campus where, you know, if, you're, if you are in uh, and around, you know, in, in a scenario where you're inside and, and, you know, at a quad or, or going to get something to eat on campus and you have exposure to uh, two other kids on campus, um, that that pretends, you know, that, that certainly can be a risk. And, you know, something that we will continue to see, I think, throughout the season is just how things are contained. You know, you don't want to wipe out an entire position group. You know, you don't want to have your entire wide receiver room, uh, you know, potentially test positive or one one guy or two guys test positive and can't produce a negative test on a Wednesday before a game, then what do you do? You know, I think those those conversations are going to come up, continue to be an issue uh, as, as this, you know, just the containment of this virus and, and how you do it. Uh, there's certainly been programs out there publicly talking about, hey, you know, we've done, done this many and we've only had this many for intake and we've kept guys in. But as we talk about all the time, these are 18 to 22-year-olds. It's very, very difficult to keep them not being uh, 18 to 22-year-olds. So um, it's, it's going to be a, a lesson and a journey and I think a marathon to get to, uh, to December through their regular season. Yeah, Ben, I agree with you. You know, college kids are going to do college kid things. When you put them on a campus, they're going to go do what they do. When you put a high school kid on a campus, he or she is going to be a high school student. Heck, if you put me out in the beach, I, I'm going to do what I guess a 42-year-old would do out of the beach. I guess, at least, that's kind of my mindset on it. Now, talking about getting it done and doing what they do, is the Big Ten, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? I mean, I know I heard what the leader of the country, uh, the, the president, had, I guess, kind of threw out a conversation, if you will, and said, hey, time to go play, you know, now, don't wait, whatever it was. Where are we, and, and what has 24-7 sports found out? Are they going to have a delayed season? And if they do play, are they going to have enough time to get into the conversation with playing in a national championship? Because to be honest, this is Ohio State's season. They are loaded from top to bottom. It really is, and I think you know that they have the biggest certainly gripe in the Big Ten. Um, you know, all due to respect to Michigan and the rest of the the Big Ten program, that they were probably not going to threaten. Um, you know, the 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 hierarchy of the Alabama and the Clemson and, and the expected you know top top you know seven eight ten teams that would be probably in the mix. Oklahoma there as well. Um, but you know, you're coming down. And you're really looking at how the calendar. Is flipping. I mean, we're in September now, and, and there have been conversations, you know, certainly by Ryan Day of Ohio State, saying, "Hey, maybe we can get a spring season that starts in January." Well, you're not obviously going to participate in the college football playoff that will start that next weekend, so maybe we back it up 
to Thanksgiving. Uh, but I think as the games and the weeks click on by, you're looking at it and going, okay, well, you have programs like Central Arkansas of the FCS ranks who have played two games. None of their oh, – we just dropped uh, – I think he just fell out. Not sure if he's traveling or not. Ben Moore, 24-7 sports. Hopefully he'll join me here in just a minute. But breaking down the conversation, if you will, breaking down, you know, the ins and outs of uh, college football around uh, not only – the state of Georgia, not only in the SEC, the ACC, of course, we covered all the games on a Friday night, but, you, you know, you start to kind of look at things, and we were kind of getting into the spearhead of what's happening inside. And, again, I think Ben's just joined us back. Ben, okay, I got you back in here, buddy. Kind of kind of take back off where you were when it comes to Ohio yeah. State playing, hopefully coming in. Yeah, no, it's, and, and it's one of those situations where you just have to look at, you know, how the dates align. You know, you, how many games can you truly get in, um, you know, if you start the season in November? You're talking basically about four, maybe five weeks of the season because that typical championship weekend, the first week of December, well, now you don't have necessarily championship games in some, uh, you know, in some capacity in the Big Ten. Um, you know, there you just say, hey, maybe we'll take the, the top, you know, top program or top two, and we'll have them face off in December. Um, you know, it's it's getting late in a hurry, if you will, just because SEC will be starting game. I mean, ACC starting this weekend uh, coming up. You have the SEC starting the following weekend. You know, they're they're planning on playing basically a full full blast ten game schedule and have it done by December by the first week of December. So if you're the Big Ten and you're looking around and saying, hey, these other programs are not testing positive for COVID. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Central Arkansas has played two games and has zero COVID tests. They played two different opponents in two different buildings. Uh, so obviously they're doing things that are working. Other guys are, are doing things that are working. The testing process, the protocols are working on campus. Uh, why can't they work up, up there in the Big Ten country? Um, I, I, you know, you did mention, you know, uh, the president mentioned getting involved in that as well. I did, did find that interesting as well. Even my wife, who's not uh, a huge college football fan, asked me, uh, you know, why is he worried about Big Ten football? And I said, well, it is an election year. If you didn't know that, uh, and, and there are several states in the Big Ten which are known as swing states. So uh, looking out and trying to, you know, garner public favor uh, any way you can just a couple months before election day is uh, is, is something that uh, most elected officials would certainly like to do but um, they, they just look like a mess and I think uh, you know it, it's tough we've seen a lot of columns written nationally a lot of people hammering uh, Kevin Warren uh, whose son of course plays for Mike Leach at Mississippi State uh, who will be playing in, in two two weeks or so um, and Kevin Warren, uh, unfortunately, people just don't and fans don't know what a commissioner does. He's going to do exactly what the presidents and the ATs tell them to do. So if the Big Ten presidents want to play, Kevin Warren's going to try to find a way to make them, get them playing and go from there. Uh, if not, as we found out this past week, there was a vote. Uh, there was only a few schools that actually wanted to play. That was Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska. So uh, they, the rest voted no. So do they take a 180 turn and said, hey, we, we made a mistake. We can figure this out. Um, I'm not quite sure. Uh, you know, there have been certainly reports out there about them using saliva tests and things like that to speed up the testing process for those schools. And uh, several of those schools as well have great medical schools. So um, you look at all the factors and go, guys, if, if other conferences can, can pull this off, why can't you? Hmm. 
Yeah, you're right. As we're live right now with Ben Moore, 24-7 sports coming to us from Atlanta, Georgia, by the way, of course, as he always helps us get a little bit better and a lot smarter across the airwaves here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, let's talk recruiting a little bit. You know, I actually had a chance uh, due to a couple camps, one of them, the Infinity Camp. We did that one in Atlanta. Another one was the Carolina Experience Camp. And in both of these camps, I got a chance to meet a young man out of uh, East St. Louis. Illinois. I have to say it slow because I want to follow up with Missouri because of that St. Louis part. But this young man is six foot seven, three hundred fifty pounds. Miles McVeigh. I'm sure he's on your radar because he's on everybody's radar. Uh, and uh, again, what is it like to have guys like him and, and, and others where you're getting? I'm sure at 24/7 Sports, just really day after day, hour after hour, a lot of. Uh, still being brought into you and a lot of these guys tweeting at you directly, especially since you started joining us. Yeah, no, I think that's the biggest thing. And then kids know uh, the urgency, no matter if, you know, if they're, they're, you know, rising and and current uh, seniors, you know, rising juniors, you know, looking for senior, you know, the next two years, uh, they know these next two cycles are going to be very, very different. And I think, um, you know, with, with such a limited opportunity, uh, for school camps and not going, you know, certainly with the summer being wiped out, we don't know what the spring is going to look like as well. Um, where coaches, you know, I've talked to several college coaches uh, who, who have said that they're not expecting to be in schools evaluating prospects the rest of 2020. So that certainly puts the, um, you know, equation on these kids and really the high school coaches as well to make sure their game film is updated, their game films up, you know, the, out there, you know, updated heights and weights, uh, making sure, you know, that they're looking good in film and really cutting up their best, uh, you know, best plays and best opportunities and knowing how to do that. Um, and I think that it, it, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and coaches look for sp- specific things with really within the first 15 to 20 seconds of your film before moving on to another kid. So um, I did, did hear uh, there's a couple college coaches who have done press conferences specifically addressing recruiting and talking uh, about that, talking about how, they had identified targets very early. So it is going to be more difficult for kids to get on the radar unless their film just absolutely pops off the page. So, uh, and as I've continued to preach and mention the last time we were, we were on, um, you know, the, the more you can get on film, uh, especially good quality film uh, in terms of, you know, whatever position, whether the offensive line, defensive line, skill position, quarterback, whatever, uh, even kickers and punters, you know, long snappers doing what, you know, putting good film out there, good good habits, good mechanics, things like that, and just being in constant communication with these coaches because now with the eligibility requirements being rolled back to say, hey, look, any current senior can maintain their current eligibility status and on, on a lot of these coaches, and um, they're looking at their seniors and saying, okay, which one do we want back? Uh, it doesn't make sense for them to come back, especially at some of these smaller schools, but even at the bigger schools where guys could suffer an injury, maybe see their draft stock drop a little bit. Maybe I do want to come back in 2021. Well, they may have been projecting somebody younger to, to go. Does that force somebody to transfer out? There may be new opportunities and a new, um, you know, uh, more, more playing time available that wouldn't necessarily have been there just weeks before. So it's going to be wild. This recruiting period in December and in February uh, is truly going to be like none that we've ever, ever seen. Uh, spring rosters and, and seeing who will who will sign and who will show up and who will be on rosters in the spring is going to be very very interesting to see across the country. We're live right now with Ben Moore here on twenty four or with twenty four seven Sports on Southern Sports Central talking to him about recruiting young men 
young lady, because uh, this doesn't just affect football. This is a huge conversation because you're not allowed on campus physically, but virtually via Twitter and any other avenue you got, this is where you need to be up to date and make sure you got your house clean and in check. Make sure that you got your game film up to date. Make sure you got your height, your weight, and all the important information right there in your bio. And by the way, don't get creative on your name because he too fast. Guess what? He don't care. He ain't looking for you. He'll go look for somebody else. So first name, last name, be done with it. If you got to put a number in there to make it different, that's fine. But, Ben, I think that's probably one of the biggest hiccups with a lot of these young folks is that they want to get creative. And that's not usually a bad thing, but it is when somebody's trying to find you that doesn't know you. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Co- coaches want to go in there and find, and, you know, they, they have so many guys to evaluate. You don't want to make it difficult. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to go and, and talk to a lot of high school kids and, um, you know, the last few years and just trying to advise them. Just just be careful of what you send. Be careful of what you tweet, um, how you present yourself. Use it as your online resume. You just kind of have to think about that um, nonstop in, in your public persona because when they are able to type into, you know, Twitter or any other social media outlet and pull up your name, um, you know, what, what does that represent? What do you represent to them? Because they're going to look at it and go, okay, we have a constituency. We have – alums and fans that we want to be able to bring this young man or young woman into our program does that represent what we want to you know have um you know and that's you know the the old rule of you know would you would you put anything on there or press in or retweet on anything on on twitter uh that you wouldn't uh be able to show your grandmother cardinal rule and and uh you know i, I try to advise folks to do the same uh, not just your mama, but call your grandmama up and see what she get a little agitated with you uh, <laughs> saying this or, or retweeting this message. Uh, it's ne- never a bad idea to keep everything clean uh, and and, uh, and cordial. And, and as you mentioned, uh, you know the the name your name is is good enough uh, for your Twitter bio. And if you want to put a number behind it or in front of it, or if, if it's already taken, that's that's never a bad bad thing as well. Good advice. No doubt. Now, Ben, the final thing, be careful what you like, because at the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, everybody can find what your heart, what you like, what you love. And you might want to be careful what you like and loving, because uh, you don't think anybody sees it. But, boy, social media is very hard on reality. Right, Ben? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think that, you know, the biggest thing, and I've, I've told uh, even college athletes, look, if you're, if you're writing, if you're liking it, if you go live on Instagram, um, if, you, if there's anything that you go out there and put out publicly, it can be screen captured, even if it's deleted. It, it you know, there's pictures of it. Uh, we, we've seen cases over and over and over again where folks, um, that stuff does come to light. Anything that you know, you you wouldn't basically be uh, ashamed to do in 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 public. Don't do it in private. It's just it's that simple. And uh, I think especially for for young people, just knowing those. Those things, um, ultimately, they, there's a consequence to them, and coaches will just skip on by. And that's that's the biggest thing they look at, you know, whether you're even even grades-wise, ability-wise, anything like that. They're going to look, okay, all right, I don't want any baggage. I don't want any risk scenarios if I'm going to put you on, on our, our – and, and honestly get you a scholarship and put you bring you in to an environment you may or may not have ever been before. Uh, away from home, away from mom and dad, things like that. So uh, it, it definitely is a good advice to, you know, now more than ever uh, when, when things are being scrutinized, just uh, make sure that public, uh, you know, profile is, is, is crystal clear. Now, Ben, I know I got to get you out of here because I'm up against the clock, but I got to give uh, the coaching staff and everybody over there 
and Georgia State Coach Elliott, a little love here, man. What's happening? I know you cover that team indirect or, or directly, if you will. Tell us a little bit about what's happening over there at uh, Georgia State. Yeah, they broke camp uh, Friday, uh, gave, gave players the weekend off uh, to get back at it on Monday to really start uh, game planning for University of Louisiana. Game was announced uh, earlier in the week. It'll be a noon start, ESPN2, live national television. Uh, I believe only the third or fourth national televised game that Georgia State has played in. You go back all the way to the days uh, on, on the linear networks, ESPN, ESPN2. Uh, things that way. So uh, it'll be fun live from uh, Center Park Stadium down at uh, what used to be Georgia State Stadium, which used to be Turner Field, which used to be, you know, the Olympic Stadium. So we're, we're getting used to this new name and new signage. So uh, I'll probably get used to, to saying, you know, the, just the park instead of calling it the stadium. Uh, we're, we're figuring out nicknames and things like that. But, yeah, Coach Elliott seems pretty pleased with how camp went, um, getting through uh, all the protocols. And it looks like so far health-wise things are going well. So, couple weeks here uh, until kickoff, so you got another week to prep and, and uh, certainly will help with uh, with two freshman quarterbacks uh, vying for the starting job there. No doubt, no doubt. As always, and very consistent and always ready to go right here on Southern Sports Central is Mr. Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports. Man, how do they find you? How do they follow you? And what's happening over there at 24-7 Sports real quick, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. Ben Moore 24-7 on uh, any social media platform can come find me. Uh, when, yeah, no, it's uh, – you know, it's as you mentioned, game game week one, uh, moving into week two. There's uh, there's already bowl projections. Uh, I kind of laughed out loud when I saw some of that. We don't know what the bowl schedule will look like. <laughs> uh, seeing as you mentioned the opt outs, how that affects depth charts, whether it's University of Georgia or down at you know defending national champions LSU, uh, all all the way down to you know our our fine group of five websites as well um, that cover the Sun Belt American and Conference USA, which were in action. So they're either licking their wounds, getting ready for their second game, or, or feel riding high after a week one victory. So uh, we, we cover it all. We have a, a litany of, of team sites. So if you have a team, uh, it's very likely we have that that site. I know you were uh, there in South Carolina. Guys, you do a great job at the Big Spur. And then over there at Clemson Illustrated 24-7 as well. So uh, shout out to those guys for, for doing work. they got a couple more weeks to, to prepare, but I know Clemson is, is, uh, is starting this weekend. So should be fun. we got uh, 30, I think, 30 programs in action this weekend. So it's, it's a big-time game week as it cranks up. Man, that is good. Amen, amen, man. God bless you, your family, man. We'll catch you up next week as we're now going to try to do this on a regular basis, my man. Thank you again for all that you do for me. Sounds good, man. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports, 30 seconds, and we're coming back. We're heading to Cross, South Carolina. The Trojan head football coach Wright's going to join us right out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. More Southern Sports Central next. Welcome back, everybody. 7.34 here on a Sunday evening. We're coming to you live from uh, Surfside Beach, South Carolina. I took the road uh, and brought the show with me here tonight as we are out remotely in my hometown of uh, Surfside Beach, bringing it to you. This segment brought to you by our friends back home at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Facility, located at 5913 Loftus Road in Hinnan, 
South Carolina, you can reach out to them on the phone at 843-573-7391. And, of course, uh, those guys and girls are getting it on. And I've got to tell you, they are the best at what they do. Find out. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Another guy that's good at what he does, and that's coaching football, running an athletic department long, and that is our man Sean Wright at Cross High School. What's up, Coach Sean? How you doing, my man? We're glad to have you back, man. Things are good. You know, life is good when I got you on the phone on a Sunday night and uh, we're talking <laughs> some shop, right? Talking some football. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh we we we're grateful, man, to be able to talk football. You know, I, I for a while I didn't think we were going to be able to you know get to this type of setting and situation. So you know, we're grateful that we got a chance to talk football. Yeah, we're excited now. Of course, uh, you guys had some young dogs. You mentioned last year they're matured a bit over a year. We had a pretty good season last year, but we're looking for great things out of the Trojans this year. But before we talk about what's coming, let's talk about what we've been through. You're in Berkeley County, so you guys have had a little bit more of a, I'd say a little bit longer leash, if you will, to do a little bit more than some of the other counties around the state. Look, the old saying, don't hate the player or hate the game, vice versa. That's kind of what you guys in Berkeley County are going with because uh, Goose Creek, Stratford, Cane Bay, Berkeley, and yourselves, you guys have been balling uh, a little bit longer. Uh, what's it like uh, having that relationship a little bit tighter this time of year than what you're seeing some other coaches around you? Yeah, you know, we've been fortunate to have a county that trusted, you know, our process and, you know, with our county AD and, and all the other ADs and the football coaches, you know, we've been able to adhere to the protocols and for the most part, you know, keep everybody safe. At the same time, you know, try to get back to, you know, some semblance of, you know, of of, of running a program the way we've always been able to run it. Um, so from that aspect, you know, we've been in, in there pretty much the entire summer, um, you know, doing what we needed to do just to try to get, you know, a good product on the field and, you know, we're just extremely grateful, happy that Booker County didn't shut us down um, like some of the other counties. So, you know, we think we are, you know, in heading in the right direction, you know, still kind of a lot of work to do just like everybody else. But, you know, we, we, we're fortunate. Live right now with the head football coach, also the athletic director. We'll get it in a minute here when the athletic director side is Coach Sean Wright joins us live right now on Southern Sports Central. And, Coach, you know, what has it been like uh, for the last couple of weeks? And how have, you know, you guys been able to stay in touch with one another by still, you know, I guess keeping up with the new rules and standards of this COVID-19? Well, you know, um, the the thing that has been – disappointing for us we had pretty good season um last year um and we kind of you know took some people by surprise and you know we had some really really good momentum going into the off season and then when COVID-19 shut us down you know it took away away from our momentum and just trying to build upon what we had established with last season's uh, football season. So as far as the off season was concerned, I, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about the lack of strength that we were able to, or we should have been able to build 
in our program. Um, but we realize we are probably uh, in the same situation as everybody else. Um, but, you know, uh, being that Burger County didn't shut down, you know, it's been it's been great getting back around the kids, the kids kind of getting back around each other, the coaches kind of getting it back around each other. And, you know, for about three or four weeks there, you know, it felt normal. It felt like, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, it was just a joy to kind of just kind of get back to, you know, what we've been accustomed to doing, but, you know, make no mistake about it, you know, we're not head and shoulders above everybody else because of the fact that we've been shut down for so long. And when we were able to come back with the rules, you know, you still couldn't go in there and get max production because of the social distancing. So, you know, this coming Tuesday, you know, everybody kind of gets to, you know, put everything to bed and, and kind of, you know, get back to what, football is supposed to look like and that's 11 on 11 you know that's you know pads that's helmet that's everything so you know we'll we'll see what it looks like on tuesday hanging out right now all the way up in cross south carolina that's up in berkeley county right here on the coastline if you will of south carolina with the head football coach sean wright joins us here on a beautiful sunday night as we get ready for the big labor day festivities uh, across the country hopefully socially distanced and I know coach you and I are crossing fingers that people are responsible because I have said this for the last two months saying that September 7th is a big day in all of football because if we do it right and it's handled correctly and even you as an athletic director as well you you know that we'll be in pretty good shape coming about what three weeks when we're supposed to kick off the season yes sir yes sir you are exactly right you know except tomorrow is a is a day where we need to be responsible. We need to be responsible for who comes into our own private bubble. You know, to me, if everybody will understand, you know, who who we are and, and, and who's supposed to, you know, be in that space, you know, and, and realizing, you know, if anybody, you know, uh, comes into my personal space, you know, you need to have your mask on. I need to have my mask on you know, then that goes a long way into making sure that, you know, we remain on par as far as the season goes. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Tomorrow is a, is a big day um, for everybody in the state of South Carolina. We're all hoping and hoping the season starts in about three weeks. Uh, Coach mentioned on Tuesday it is grind and shine, if you will. Uh, a lot of coaches have uh, different schedules. Uh, Coach, what what is the schedule for you guys uh, with this uh, this learning is it e-learning for you guys in Berkeley County? Kind of update me on that, and and how does the normal day when you guys start classes? I know in Dorchester County they're starting, I believe, on Tuesday. So, unfortunately, when when some coaches were hoping to practice maybe a little early, it, it's going to be pushed back a little bit in the later afternoons. What does a regular schedule with this new system in place look like for the Trojans? Yeah, uh, and, and that's a that's a good question. Um, Basically, you know, my entire football team will be uh, under the blended learning experience. And what that means is they will not be on campus. They will be home. But being home also means with this blended learning that you are in class during the time when you're supposed to be in class. You're just sitting at home. 
So you may be on your couch at 9 o'clock, but if first block starts at 9 o'clock, you need to be logged on into your computer. And so, you know, unfortunately, we will not have our athletes on campus, which, you know, in a normal situation is exactly what you want. And so, you know, we won't be able to get those athletes until 4.05. Well, actually, 4.05 ends the day. And so anytime after 4.05, we are expecting our kids to come to school so that we can get a practice in. And uh, 5 o'clock is our start time. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge because, you know, at Cross, I got kids that lives within a 30 mile radius of the school all across uh, the area. And so, you know, coming to practice is going to be an obstacle that we hope is not a big problem for us. Um, so, you know, we, we have an opportunity to see just how this is going to uh, affect us um, starting this week, um, uh, Tuesday, but, uh, but the kids seem ready. The kids seem ready. They seem excited. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what 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 happens. We're hanging out right now with the head football coach, also the athletic director up there across high school, right outside in Berkeley County, right here on the Low Country side of the life. When it comes down to Friday night lights, uh, Coach uh, Jamboree, some have been canceled, <laughs> some are continuing. It looks like Berkeley County is good to go, and and I've seen a couple of schedules there. What does it look like for you guys? Kind of give me the schedule for the next three weeks before you guys go under the lights for the first game. Okay, well, uh, what we're going to do is, like I said, we'll start Tuesday. Um, we're not in any jamborees. We're going to just do our two scrimmages. The The last scrimmage um, will be a game type, and then we'll get ready for our first uh, game on September 25th, which is against Military Magnet in the brand-new stadium out there in Charleston. Um, so we'll scrimmage Philip Simmons. Um on next Monday, and then the following Friday, we will scrimmage Johnsonville, and then we will uh, we will start game prep towards Military Magnet for September 25th. So that's our schedule um, for the preseason, and you know we're gonna we're gonna try to do things you know the right way, uh, try to be as safe as we possibly can, so that we don't have any hiccups come one because we know and everybody knows this is going to be a fluid season, you know, and anything and everything could, could, could possibly happen. Um, so, you know, we're going to try our best to minimize the the negatives in the situation. No doubt. Even in a negative, we look for the positive. Here's a positive conversation right now as Cross will be playing in not one but two scrimmages. Phillips Simmons, that's a school right there in the low country, and then they're going to play the flashes of Johnsonville. Johnsonville, they got some ballers over there, Coach, and I know that's why you're playing oh, man. A, uh, in a scrimmage as you get ready for military magnet. You and I are pretty familiar with a lot of these schools like Johnsonville, man, but uh, – yeah, why, why Johnsonville? Why travel? Are you guys going to Johnsonville? Or are you bringing the flashes over there to Berkeley County? Well, to be honest with you, we have not, and this is this is kind of unique for me and my program. I haven't had a home scrimmage in, since 2010. We like for the pre. We want to get our kids away from cross during preseason. I like the fact of bringing my team together. Um, 
kind of, you know, becoming a, a, a true family away from home because anytime you travel, you know, I think it allows you to become a little bit closer because you leave your family, you leave your friends, you leave your girlfriends, you leave everything kind of behind and you just got to kind of focus on the team, the program. And so, you know, going down to Philip Simmons, you know, that's going to be a challenge because they played some really, really good football and that coaching staff and those players do an excellent job. And Johnsonville, you know, the head coach is Ken Cribb, who was at Hemingway for years. And then he, you know, Mm -hmm. went from Hemingway to, to Georgetown. And I have always done work against Ken Cribb's football teams. And when he was at Hemingway, you know, you're going to get a physical atmosphere, you know. Now that he's at Johnsonville, you're going to get a physical atmosphere. So we pride ourselves on really playing against teams that, to me, and I hope that, you know, will be a little bit more than what my kids are used to so that when we get into our region, when we get into our schedule, you know, our kids are ready for the contact and the and, and the physicalness that they're going to see. Hanging out right now up across South Carolina in Berkeley County with the Trojans head football coach, Sean Wright, checking in with us, talking about it. And I like the, the thought process, Coach. Right before when we got on the air, I went over to Griffin, Georgia, where we talked to one of their head football coaches over there. And uh, I love the, the, the thought process between each one of you coaches that come on here because I'm writing it down. I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to sell it. I'll give you the proceeds. We, we'll split it. But the ideas and the reasoning behind the way you guys move, I think it's incredible because you're right. It, it does build going on the road. It keeps your team hungry, number one. Number two, it gets that bonding experience. And remember the Titans when those guys got on that bus, and the only time they really bonded is when they were forced to bond. They had no other choice but bond, and that is how exactly. they were able to get through a lot of those tough seasons, Coach. So. I love that mindset. So let me ask you, when it comes to bonding and it comes to balling out, who am I going to hear? Who do I need to keep an eye on over there that's going to be making some big moves uh, when it comes Friday night? Well, you know, we, we still a relatively young football team. Um, you know, I only have maybe about seven seniors um, on the football team. But out of those seniors, you know, Caden White, been playing a lot of football for us. You know, he's going to possibly be my quarterback. If not a quarterback, he would definitely be in the backfield. Um, he's he's a guy that's going to, you know, I think contribute a lot to what we have going on. Quayshawn Witten is a guy up front that has played for us. He's probably our most physical football player, and he, he plays with a lot of passion. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited about him. We got a guy, a junior, who's a, 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 I think, a, could be a power five prospect. He's already 6'4", 220 pounds. We play him at tight end and at defensive end. Um, in fact, we're moving him to defensive end because he played inside linebacker for us this past year. You know, big-time prospect. We got a free safety in Jatavius Gaines, who's a true sophomore that I think is going to be a prospect. You're talking about six foot one. Um, 175 pounds, um, two sophomore, led us in interceptions last year. Um, Damian Haynes, another six foot one, 180 pound outside linebacker, you know, uh, sophomore. Um, you know, those guys, uh, you know, I think have a lot of 
far as just getting after it in the weight room, getting after it on the football, you know, on the football field, in practices and games. You know, they've proven that last year. So, you know, we're looking for big things out of those guys. Man, listen to those guys. Listen to those numbers. I hope you guys are writing it down. I did, and I'll be out there putting it out on social media here in just a few. But, of course, we're live up and across South Carolina, right outside of Berkeley County with the head football coach, Sean Wright. Coach, there's a, a name on the schedule that's got a similar ring to yours. But he's over at a place called Timberland. They got a new coach with a familiar <laughs> name for you. You knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, talk yeah. Talk to me, man. What, what's going on with this guy over here in uh, Timberland, man? And how much have you, you started that day? You, you know, our, our fathers, our brothers, um, yep. you know, I, I grew up. I, I pretty much helped raise him, you know, as, as a kid. You know, I got him by a couple years. Uh, you know, he's just <laughs> – you know, he's a guy that I was able to coach my first year getting into right. coaching at Cross as an assistant coach under Art Craig, you know, and so I was able to coach him um, specifically in my group because he played linebacker. Um, you know, Greg Wright is, is a remarkable human being. Not only is he an outstanding coach, but just who he is as a person and how much he cares for young people is what I'm so right. proud of. He's going to do – and here's the thing. You know, most people don't want to follow an Art Craig because of what Art has had to establish at Timlin. You know, his legacy is, is – is, is, you know, that's hard to replicate. And it tells you a lot about Greg to be fearless when it comes down to taking that football job at Timlin. He didn't – you know – with so much respect to Art Craig, because Art Craig is 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 someone who taught me the ropes. Um, sure. But, but Greg wasn't afraid of of the, the 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 shoes that he had to step in. You know, he wasn't afraid of the legacy that you know was ahead of him. You know, he's attacking that thing full speed ahead, and you know, I'm expecting Timberland to be the same old Timberland when it comes down to passion. And that's what that football team, that program has been all about. You know, they don't ever always sometimes get the accolades like everybody else, but you know, you go play them and then you tell me after the game, how that game was. Yeah. It's match mouth. And I tell you what, and I think he's going to do a great job. Of course, uh, family is going to be uh, the conversation on that side of the world. And he's a great guy. You're of course, and you can see where he gets it from, man. I mean, you guys are right. You guys are y'all are all right with me, and I spell it R I R R R I G H T. There you go. I'll get it out here. Right. Uh, now, Art right. does a little bit of fishing, man. I got to ask you a question. Who taught who how to fish? That's that's always uh, well, a debate. Well, you, you know, uh, and, and I don't know if he's listening to this uh, this session tonight, but you know, Art, it's kind of hard to tell who taught who how to fish, but I don't think Art fished as much as I fished as a young kid or, you know, just coming up because I grew up in cross, you know what I'm saying? And, right. you know, we surrounded by, you know, two lakes. So, you know, I grew up doing that. So, but make no mistake about it. Art has taught himself how to be a great fisherman these last few years. In fact, you know, I ask him a lot about, you know, how to do this or how to do that when it comes down to, 
trying to find them jokers, man. So, yeah, man, Art and I, you know, we, we, we've had many fishing trips together, man, and it's been special. Yeah, I love it. And that's what I love about this show is the bond I get with guys, you know, you coaches, and, and we're able to have fun off the air, and then we poke some fun on the air. Of course, you know, that was one of the running things when uh, Coach Craig joined us uh, the last time. We talked about fishing, and I said, between you going fishing and staying at that juice bar over there, man, I tell you what, you're pretty busy. He's always he's always at that GMC place. I, I mean, he's a, he's a busy dude, and I, I'm excited to see what he does at Hanahan. I know you guys are – you keep an eye on him as well, but – you know, when, when he left up there at Timberland and then the Patriots had their quarterback leaving, there's a lot of Patriot fans, by the way, up there in Timberland. Man, that was kind of like a one-two punch. Uh, it, it couldn't have been any better for them to bring in a guy like, you know, Greg Wright to take over the reins, that's for sure. Oh, no. If anybody was going to take that program over, it was going to be Greg. And I'm going to tell you, Art gave, Art gave Greg, you know, a great recommendation. So, you know, Art wanted to – and it tells you how much – Art respected Greg because he just didn't want right. anybody to take, you know, the rings after him. And that also tells you what he thought of Timlin. You know, Art, you know, he, he, he built that program, and he didn't want to see it just kind of fall by the wayside. So Greg Wright was someone who I know personally, he, you know, really advocated for that job. And, and it just so happened so that Greg did an excellent job selling himself and was able to, you know, acquire it. And, and I expect him to do great things at Timberland. Um, yeah, I can't, you know, wait. they just need, they just need, they just need to be a little patient because, you know, you just don't replace somebody like an art Craig right away, you know, give him time. Let's see what happens. Yeah, no doubt. Of course, you're going to do some great things at cross as you continue to build it bigger and bigger and better and better. And again, you've got a lot of young, young guys flying around the ball, but you got a lot of big expectations from us and everything else here at Southern Sports Central. Final question, Coach, before I get you out of here, uh, I saw today and it was just released that the North-South game, a traditional game that you and I grew up knowing all about way, way much there. What was your thoughts when you saw not only the Shrine Bowl will not be played this year, now the North-South, game won't be played this year, but I want to throw a bug in your ear. There's two guys, Southern Sports Central and the South Carolina High School Blitz that are working to put together a senior bowl from the upstate versus the lower state. We're going to bring it to the low mm -hmm. country, man. Just thought I would get that in your ear and uh, let you know that it ain't over. It might not be going to Myrtle Beach, but it is going to be coming to Charleston, and I think that alone for us to finally get some loving because usually we have to travel to go play ball in the All-Star games, but uh, what was your thoughts over the loss of the All-Star game in Myrtle Beach and uh, the possibility of bringing something to the low country? You know, uh, you know, I, I just feel for the high school athletes, you know, when you think about college football and what the NCAA extending another year for the seniors, um, you know, that they'll have an opportunity to come back another year um, you know, the high school athletes just don't have that opportunity. If you are a senior this year, you know, thank God that you were able to play your football season. But, you know, to have the all-star game taken away from you, you know, it's, it's, it's going to make it that much harder to kind of prove yourself worthy of obtaining a, a, a college football scholarship. So, you know, I, I'm a I'm a little bit disappointed that you know 
the games can't be played. Um, but at the same time, I understand safety. I understand, you know, you know, protocol. I understand, you know, the thought process behind it. And I know a lot of thought, you know, has been has been given as far as, you know, do we play the game, do we not play the game? Um, and I respect those who made that decision. I'm I'm pretty sure it was a very tough decision, but uh, but one had to, had to be made. And, uh, you know, at this point, all we can do is respect it. But for those opportunities that come up for these seniors, something like what you just mentioned, um, you know, will be invaluable to those guys. And, and I would hope, you know, for the college coaches that they really, really do a good job of evaluating senior tape and not so much all-star tape because, you know, we have a lot of good football players in the state of South Carolina. And I've seen it firsthand. I've been able to coach on both the North-South and the Shrine Bowl uh, uh, all-star games. And, And I know what type of product comes out of this state. And, you know, I'm just hoping that the college coaches will, you know, when it comes down to South Carolina, will study the tape, will study the senior tape and, and, and really give these kids an opportunity to, you know, obtain their goals, especially those top 40, 45, 50 players in this state because they deserve it. No doubt, Coach. I tell you, it's going to be, it's going to be something special. I'll catch up with you off the air because there are some things I want to catch up with you on. But that being said, I greatly appreciate everything that you do, not only on the football field, but every other field because you are also the athletic director up there as well. And all that you do in all the communities that you touch upon, man, anytime I reach out to you, Coach, you're first class, no matter what, you do whatever you got to do to catch in here with me, man. And it means more to me than I can ever tell you. And I would always be remiss not to tell you anything you need, anything that you want to get out on the airways, man, please. Don't hesitate. Call me if there's a fundraiser or something happening at the school. Please utilize this platform that the good Lord above has given me to help you in any way we can, Coach. Man, I really appreciate it. I thank you for allowing, you know, Cross High School to have a platform um, for such a, uh, a, a occasion like you, you you have. Man, you do an excellent job with your with your program and your broadcasting. You know, we just feel very, very honored that you even think of us. And like you said, man, when you call, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I honor that call. You got it, Coach. The next time I call is going to be to get some of those big dogs you were just talking to me about because it's time to, I guess, break the mold. Let's get these guys speaking a little bit. That way when, and I said when they go to college, they'll be doing this already before they get there. So, Coach, God bless. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I love getting in here with Coach Sean Wright over there at Cross High School. That guy is first class. Doesn't matter whether he's the strength and conditioning coach, the athletic director. It doesn't matter if he's the head football coach. I mean, he is one of those guys that I know, no matter what, I'll take time to reach out. He takes time to respond back, and here we go with another conversation. I'm going to get that family member over there at Timberland in here sometime this week, and that's Coach Greg Wright. So uh, stay tuned to that conversation coming up next. Now, we got to go to break. Top of the hour is upon us, and it is now time. He talked about we got dudes and ballers across the state. Well, I got two guys that are going to be joining me here in just a minute. We'll hang out next at Fort Dorchester with the one 
who is uh, going to be shutting down some secondary, I would say, receiving opportunities. It's going to be a no-fly zone over there. At the, of course, uh, Jalen Levine is going to join us. Class of 21, big defensive back. Don't go anywhere. He will be next right here on Southern Sports Central. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yaldman, and this is Southern Sports Central. We're on the road. I've taken it to the beach up here in Myrtle Beach, Surfside Beach to be exact, as we are uh, excited to uh, get out and about for the pre-Labor Day. As I've uh, joined my family up here, and I figured the show must go on. So here I am bringing it to you live up here at the beach. But this segment brought to you by our good friends over at the Tent Farm. You can find them at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, South Carolina. You can find them on the web at tenfarm.com and on the mobile at 843-297-4131. They're throwing shade anywhere from your business to your home and all your automotives. And also a young man that's throwing some shade. And we're going to go ahead and bring him in here right now on the Tim Farm Hotline is the one and only Mr. Jalen Levine. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Miss Alma? We're great, man. We're great. We're great. You call me rich, man. We can we can lay back a little bit. It's Sunday. Take your shoes off. Kick up a little bit. Uh, I'm excited to get you in here, man. I've had a chance to be uh, around you a lot more the last couple of weeks than I have ever before. Usually I get to see you once a week, but now it's going to be for the next seven or let's go 12 weeks. I think that's what it's going to take for that state championship is 12. That being said, man, yes. I've watched you fly around, man. I don't want to give away your secrets. Because I know there's a lot of people listening who you're going to get to go shoulder to shoulder with, and that's what DBs do, man. But, man, you you got a different gear in you, man. But before we talk about that, tell me your size, your height, your uh, your 40, because you got some crazy speed back there in the secondary. Uh, I'm six. I'm six foot, six foot even. Um, I'm around 165, 170, and um, my fastest 40 was like uh 449, but that wasn't lazy. So, hey, the time is getting after it. Yes, sir. So, so let me ask you this, man. When you start to look at things, and you're over there at the fort now, of course, uh, you guys uh, play year in and year out, week in and week out. And, of course, uh, you growing up watching, you know, a lot of big names coming out of that secondary, going into college, going into the NFL. You're coached directly, I know, uh, play there at fort. So that's got to be a very common, a very interesting conversation as well, taking it from somebody who's not only played it before, but played in that same place you're playing at today. What, what does it mean for you to be a Fort Dorchester Patriot, brother? I mean, it means a lot. I'm I'm trying to be, you know, one of the big names coming out of Fort, going to one of the big colleges, you know. That's why I'm working so hard to, you know, get to, get to that, you know. Now, you know, at your practices, communication is a, is a key when it comes down to playing in your role. Now, I get there's always some audibles being given on the offensive side of the ball, but, but what makes, in your opinion, what makes a good DB better than the average DB? Or what does it take, in your mindset, to be the best DB, not just at Fort Dorchester, but in the state of South Carolina? Um, really, I would just say pay attention to details. You know, when the receiver walks in the field, you know, look at his eyes, you know, look at his body movement, look at everything, you know. When the, before the before the routes, before the players even call, you know, try to read the route, you know, that's what makes the difference. You know, and as a DB, you know, I feel like it's always a way you can get better. It's it's always of course, uh, something you 
Now, of course, when you start to look at this one here, Jalen, and, and, and this is a question I ask a lot of DBs, uh, you know, when you're covering the, the wide receiver, you know, what is the first thing that you're checking off as you get up to the line and, and, and catch up with the young man that you're getting ready to go up against? Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm looking at his split. You know, I, I know it's going to be an outside release and route if he's, you know, if he's further inside, you know, and I know that if he releases inside, it's going to be an inside route. You know, I just gotta, you just got to pay attention to detail, like I said before. That helps a lot. Live right now with Jalen Levine. He is one of the big men over there at the fourth. As he'll be covering the secondary for Fort Dorchester as they've got a new defensive coordinator now running over there. And uh, now he's very familiar with the program. He's very familiar with you in the system over there. And I can tell you what, the energy I've seen him bring to the field has been quite interesting. That being said, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, keeping yourself focused during everything that's been going on during this pandemic. Dorchester County, too, was one of the last districts that got back out on the football field. You, of course, uh, being a senior leader, class of 21, man, uh, taking that leadership to heart in multiple ways. But how have you been able to stay focused, and what have you done to make sure that your teammates, your other classmates in the class of 21, but those underclassmen have uh, stayed ready so that you guys didn't have to get ready? Well, as a leader, you can't just be there. You know, you got to actually, like, take responsibility and play the role, you know, and I'm just so grateful to be able to be able to have that role for my teammates. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get them as many wins as possible, you know, keep them as positive as possible, you know, and going to college on an athletic scholarship, you know, it's always been a vision of mine. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to lose focus on something I want so bad. And on top of that, you know, I got a great support system, you know, my family, you know, my small circle of friends, you know, they help me maintain my focus, you know. And with me having my focus, I can help my team maintain their focus. So it's all I could change. Nice. Now, you talk college, so let's jump into the education box here because, uh, unfortunately, football does have an expiration date on it. That's something we all don't want to hear, but it's the reality of life when you look at it, Jalen. But the one thing that doesn't is going to be the degree that you're going to get at the next level in your next chapter where God places you on a campus to do what you do, not only on the field, but in the classroom. What are you looking at right now as you're going to be graduated this time next year or sitting on a college campus? Is there a certain major or certain area that you're really interested in to pursue that career and pursue that education? Um, I'm looking to major in business, you know, and as far as the top three, you know, I don't, I honestly don't have one. That's why, you know, this season is so important to me because, you know, I don't want to be another athlete in high school with little to no options, you know, coming out of high school to choose to go to college. You know, I want to be able to – I have that option to make a comfortable choice that that best fits me and my family. So. I love the fact that Jalen continues to mention family. My man, I'm going to tell you something. That right there speaks volumes uh, of the character, which where you are and what you got going on. Is We're live right now with Jalen Levine on a virtual – visit over at Fort Dorchester High School. He's a senior. He's a leader. And over at the Fort, these guys have had quite the history of success over there, not only on the offense, but the defense. Of course, he is one of the captains on the field. Who else is one of the big dogs over there with you that I'm going to be saying his name a lot come Friday night that I need to keep an eye on? You know, I can definitely say in the secondary, uh, Khalid Gatson. You know, he's a he's a big safety, the big dog. You know, I know I got him over the top. You know, I ain't got to worry about nobody coming through the middle. 
You know, he's just somebody I can trust to make a tackle. You know, he's just – he's about this, almost the same speed as me. He's just as fast as me, and he's, like, 240 pounds. So, basically, like, wow. a linebacker. Basically. So, he's just a real special – he's just a real special athlete. You know, I'm, I'm thankful to have him back there with me as well. Now, let's jump on the other side of the ball because during practices, uh, you guys will be going against uh, some guys uh, on the other side. Now, let's go to last year. Now, when it comes down to it, let's look at last year, some guys that are coming back. Who have you gone against at practice on the other side? Who's the receiver that that, that possibly, you know, that, that may be one of the toughest? And then maybe they graduated. We can even – I'll even give you that. Who have you gone up against at practice that you were like, man, that guy right there is going to get me better. And I'm not even worried about Friday night because this guy on Tuesday night just took me to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, our receiving court last year, it was something special. And this person didn't really get as much – time on the field because of injuries, but I would have to say Antoine Parker. You know, he's like, he's a big physical receiver. You know, like, it's it's hard it's hard to catch him. It's hard to stop him from catching the ball. You know, he has wonderful hands. You know, they're so strong. I, 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 I got I to say Quay, Quay Simmons, too, and of course, Keith. You know, I'm always have Keith. Me and Keith are always going at it in <laughs> practice because I, I'm always telling Keith I'm going to get him better. He always telling me he's going to get me better. So, you know, iron sharper irons at the fort. No doubt about it. Practicing what he preaches. Talking about Mr. Destashure here, of course, uh, along with a, a slew of receivers on the other side of these DBs and the linebacker core gets to go against. Uh, let's talk about that big defensive line over there at Fort. Now, I know there's the Johnson boys that have gone off to college and uh, have definitely uh, made their mark. But, but who on that defensive front that you think is going to be a big-time game changer up there for you guys this year as you guys will – Take off week one, by the way, against Ashley Ridge over at the Ridge. You know, I haven't even really been paying attention to the D-line. You know, it's it's smaller than last year, no doubt, but I'm pretty sure, like, there's some dogs. There's always dogs at the fort. You know, I'm pretty sure there's some dogs in the D-line. You know, any offensive line that we play against is going to have trouble stopping us, you know, and that's just how it is. Now, you're going to get to go against a lot of great quarterbacks around the region. And of course, uh, Somerville's got a guy over there that can throw it around a little bit. I think Ashley Ridge has got a new guy coming in uh, that he's going to be slinging it around. But you know what? You get to see, I think, one of the great guys over there and, of course, Mr. Osborne, and they're able to kind of put it on a dime. How great is it for you to go up against when you all line up and go against uh, the offense, to go against a quarterback like him to prepare you for the battle on Friday night? I'm just thankful to be able to go against somebody with so much talent, you know, because, like I said before, iron sharp and iron. And, you know, we just out at practice, you know, getting after it, getting each other better. You know, and that's how it is for everybody. We're live right now hanging out out to Ford as we have a big-time defensive back. This young man, uh, again, has a lot of conversation and I think a lot of opportunities going forward, and that is uh, Mr. Jalen Levine. Now, we mentioned uh, that your options are open. Is is there anybody, Jalen, that's kind of reaching out to you right now with uh, the senior year coming up? Um, I had Georgia Tech reach out to me a lot, and uh, as well as Virginia Tech. And I, um, I know Coach Pratt was telling me that Virginia UVA has been calling about me. So I'm just, I'm just trying to add even more to the interest list, you know, until I get some offers thrown on the table for me. Pretty impressive uh, list there, my friend. And at Power Five, Georgia Tech, by the way, they've got uh, quite a beat there at uh, Fort Dorchester. They've got a couple of gamers already on campus. One we just mentioned with. Uh, Manny Johnson, who's there now, and a couple of other guys. I know for sure one other guy that's sitting on the campus uh, that uh, went to the fort as well. And of course, Virginia Tech would be a good spot for you. 
a lot of those guys fly around the secondary in uh, Virginia. Man, I say another good ACC school, man. You've got that ACC presence uh, definitely on your attention. Uh, the final things that I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about in playing this role, playing against a lot of great receivers. Now, whose job was it last year or, or who, when you guys went against some of the guys like, let's say, Jalen Hyatt, like Dutch Fork, you know, you give people their, their, their love and their respect, but when you look at a guy like Jalen or you look at maybe a Brody Hopkins at Somerville or, or maybe one of the other gentlemen at, at Ashley Ridge, tell me about some of the guys last year that you went up against that, that you really felt like you got your best workout against. Well, honestly, the best workouts that I have was against the Fort Dorchester receiving corps. And that's just me being honest. Um, another receiver that I faced last year, uh, Solomon Butler from Berkeley, he's probably one of the best receivers in the low country that I got to face this year. You know, he he gave me a pretty good battle last year. I'm looking forward to guarding him this year again. I like that. And, again, I said it earlier, that when you go to practice and you get to go against some of the best of the best, uh, going to a Friday night game makes it just a little bit sweeter. As uh, we're live right now with one of the big-time defensive backs with multiple looks from a lot of ACC schools, and that is Jalen Levine joining us here tonight for the first of many. Jalen, you and I talked at practice. We're going to continue to have these conversations because I want to get you in here week after week to kind of break down some things as we kind of get through the season. And hopefully throughout that, you're going to be getting a few offers along the way. I'm going to speak that into existence as well. But uh, what about being – let's go back to college real quick before I get you back to the house. You mentioned business. What about business that, that kind of attracts you? Are you looking to own your own business, get in? And, and uh, what about that, I would say, major that, that you kind of lean towards going into the next chapter of your life? No, I'm glad you say that. You know, I always like to cook. You know, and one of my uh, goals other than going to the NFL and going as far as football can possibly take me is opening my own restaurant. You know, I want to open a restaurant, you know, and just – be extremely lucrative, you know, and just to be able to take care of my family and live good. I like that. So let's 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 dive into this. Let's dive, let's dive into this. Uh, well, what do we? Uh, do you want to call? Which name are we going to go with this one here? Are we going to call it Cafe Jalen or Ca- Cafe Levine? I mean, which way are we going? And what are we cooking, man? What are we eating here uh, at, at this restaurant that you're going to be cooking up? I'm uh, I'm country, so uh, most likely so. <laughs> probably going to be the main thing on the menu, soul food, you know, seafood. You know, that's just what I love to eat. That's what I love to cook. I, I haven't really put too much thought into into the names of the restaurants yet, but, you know, I'm sure. pretty sure that'll come in the near future. What's your favorite thing to cook, buddy? My favorite thing to cook? Um, I don't know. I got a lot of things I like to cook. You know, some things I can go in the kitchen and cook that I've never even cooked before, and, it's, and it'll be amazing, you know, and that's just – Right. I'm just blessed, you know. I'm just blessed. I'm just thankful to be blessed with that, uh, with that talent. Hey, man, that's that's your craft. That's what the Lord's evidently brought you here to do. So while everybody else is back home watching, you know, uh, playing Fortnite or, or or watching something on TV, is that you sitting there at the house watching the Food Network, man, just trying to see if you can, uh, I guess, coin that whatever it is recipe that's coming across the TV screen. Yes, sir. Anything I can take in a note, I take in a note. And, you know, sometimes I even mix the recipes and make them my own. Man, I love it, man. See, this is why I do things like this, guys, because to get these young athletes, and, again, I say this all the time, and that is that we see them on Friday nights on TVs. We read about them in the paper. Social media blows them up. 
Yes, but did you ever think at any point, and maybe those at Fort would know, I'm sure some of your closest friends would know that you like to cook, man, but I wonder how many of our coaches knew that Jalen Levine wants to open his own restaurant somewhere. Hopefully you're going to at least have one or two in, in our area so we can at least eat after the ball game or something. But other than that, I mean, is, is uh, so, so cooking, is that something maybe Johnson and Wells or some type of a cooking college? Is that kind of the lean to, or are you going to go to, you're thinking more of a, a, a big four-year school? I guess, you know, you go to Georgia Tech, man, get that degree, come back and open it up here at home. Mm-hmm. Can you ask that question again, please? So what, do you, so what place are you looking to stay home, man? Are you looking to take this business and open a restaurant somewhere around the country, man? Are you looking to get out of North Charleston and, 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 and spread your wings a bit? I definitely want to get out of North Charleston, but, you know, it's nothing like home. So, you know, I, I always come back home. I definitely have a restaurant here. But, you know, of course, I always want to expand and be as lucrative as possible around the country. So, Well, brother, I appreciate your time here tonight. We definitely learned a lot. And like he mentioned, you heard him tell us about the receiving core that he went up against. The best of the best was right in his own backyard. That speaks volumes of his receiving core that he goes against, the quarterback that he sees day in and day out. Of course, you talked about you know, a few of the opportunities that are looking at them, of course, Virginia, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. And I'm sure there's a lot more around the corner coming. And this young man who can run as quick as anybody covers it shoulder to shoulder. And I can say it lights out the no-fly zone is definitely in effect when this young man is sitting out there on the field. And, oh, did you not find out here tonight that Mr. Jalen Levine is a cook? Who knew that answer if I would have asked you that? So, uh, Jalen, on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, brother, Enjoy this senior year, and if there was any advice I could give you is play every down, whether it be practice or game, like it's your final one. We saw what happened in the spring. We know what could happen in the fall, but we are definitely looking forward uh, to watching you big th- do big things. And, of course, I get the opportunity to spend multiple days and Friday nights with you going forward, man. So uh, thanks for letting me be a part of your family over there this year. We look forward to you being part of our family here at Southern Sports Central, big man. No problem. Thank you, too. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. There he goes. Of course, uh, Jalen Levine joins us here, the cornerback, cornerback, that is uh, big time, playmaker, game stopper over at the fort. He joined us here, and uh, we got to take a quick break. want to thank him and Coach Pratt and all those at the fort for letting him come in here tonight and have a conversation with us about his path, his pattern, and, uh, well, what he looks to do when he gets done with a game of football, and that is, Open a restaurant. You knew that question if we asked you. So we'll take a quick break coming back. We're taking it to another senior. This time we're going to go up to Somerville, up into Ashley Ridge. Of course, we're going to be talking to Hampton Smith. He's going to join us next, the big-time offensive lineman, who uh, we'll find out, of course, uh, what his quarterback feeds them on a Thursday night before game night. All that and much more as you're listening to Southern Sports Central out on the road up here at Surfside Beach on a Sunday night. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. 
Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. It is our final guest coming here to you live on, of course, the hotline. That is the Tent Farm Hotline. But this segment alone is brought to you by our friends over at Gurns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at GurnsPharmacy.com, or you can reach them by phone at 843-873-2531. So we focused on some defense. Now let's go to the offense. And why not get in the trenches? was one of the big nasties over there at Ashley Ridge, and that is Hampton Smith, 6'3", 310 pounds. He's a center. That's right. He better be getting fed good by the quarterback. What's up, Big Hampton? Hey, how you doing this evening? We're great, man. I'm glad to have you in, man. I tell you, I've watched you grow from the little guy. Well, you were never really little, but the younger age guy to the to the big dude you are today, man. And I take a lot of uh, – a lot of honor to get you back in here, man. I remember a couple of years ago you came to the studio and, and jumped in, but they told you this year you're going to be the main guy that I'm going to get a chance to kind of break down some Ashley Ridge uh, football together this year. So I'm looking forward to uh, adding you here uh, on a regular basis. But uh, check in, man. Is that number right, Six three three ten. Yeah, we probably about, you know, quarantine got me a little bit heavier now, probably about 320, you know, put on a little weight, but everything else is right. Hey, man. So with those six three three twenty, you're a center man. Ain't nothing wrong with being a little wide, man. You got to be wide sometimes. Uh, of course, uh, this is your senior season, brother. I know uh, a lot about you, but I'm going to introduce you to the rest of our uh, listening base around the country and here, definitely around the state of South Carolina. As you guys have a brand new coach and Shane Filler comes in, got a couple of offensive coordinators, at least one for sure that I know really well. He's actually from where I'm. Uh, up there at the beach where I'm actually here tonight coming to you live remotely at the Surfside. But, uh, you know, talk about this new coaching staff, man. Uh, when I do talk to you, you got a lot of energy, man. I love to hear it. Oh, yes, sir. Um, it's definitely a, a culture change. Uh, the first day Coach Filler came in there, it was um, – he, he just he, – he really showed that kind of coach he was. He wasn't going to take no crap. He was going to bring the energy, which is what I think a lot of the guys wanted. It's a lot different from the years before, and um, I think everybody's pretty, pretty, pretty impressed by it, just by the only little bit of time we've had with them. But it's definitely a lot different. Um, a lot more energy, a lot more attention to detail. I think a lot of the guys needed. And um, yeah, definitely the offense. The um, coach Spivey, he's a new coach, and a couple other ones. And I mean, everybody's just bought in right now, which I think is what we needed. Live right now, the Big Hampton over there, of course, hanging out with us as the Swamp Foxes center. He comes in. 320, 6'3". He may be a little taller. We'll give him another inch, if you will, there. But, of course, he's talking about the 2020 campaign. This is it for him. This is a final tour for him and his senior buddies here coming in, man. Well, what was it like when you – or when did you realize, all right, man, this is it. I'm a senior. This is all on my shoulders, as I'm sure you felt that before. But this is truly it for you and your senior class, man. What was it like? When you walk back out on that football field after being away for so long and getting a chance to uh, talk to these underclassmen about accountability, credibility, and uh, standability, and that is to stand up for what's right. Yeah, so, um, you know, at first, the first day last uh, last Tuesday, when we all, I mean, we came in there, we hit the weight room pretty hard, and uh, we all finally got on the field and just did some, we call it Fox stuff, and uh, everybody was a little tired, but everybody knew like this was going to be even like the un- uh, underclassmen, they knew that this was like our, 
this is our chance to get to go play. We, you know, we missed the entire summer. We didn't have a spring. And everybody was just hungry to get on the field, which I think has been different from a couple of years past. Everybody thought it, thought of it as like a job. But like I was saying earlier, um, everybody's really excited this year. And I think that's just one thing that we that we needed. And um, I think it comes with a younger coach from, you know, all these other schools. And he brings the energy, which is definitely, like I said, what we needed. And, um, I mean, the first day we went out there, it was just kind of just go. Like, if you're going to mess up, mess up 120%. We get it. You know, you, you weren't. You weren't with us for however many months it's been. But we, we want you to give everything you got and put it all out there on the field. We don't care if you've been here one day or 100 days. Hanging out right now with Hanson Smith, the big-time center, all the way up in Somerville, South Carolina, at Ashley Ridge High School. Of course, the Swamp Foxes in a very tough but a very competitive region as they'll play the likes of Fort Dorchester, Somerville, Stahl, and West Ashley. Of course, Hampton, you're familiar with all of those schools in multiple ways. Um, to give the kind of the, the 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 landscape, if you will. Now, I know you went to Oak Brook Middle School, where you had young men that were on your football team at the middle school level, and some of you went west or north, some of you went south towards Fort Dorchester. How, how neat is that when you play some of these games, and yet you were teammates with them in middle school, and even Somerville probably got a few of those dudes as well. And now you get to go against yeah. them on a Friday night, man. What does that mean to you? Oh, I mean, it's it's all love. I mean, when we're on the football field, you know, it it comes as a, you know, it's like it's business. It's not we're not out there to hate each other. We're out there to get do a job, and everybody knows that. I mean, you know, you know Otis Mack pretty well. I mean, that that's one of my best friends, and we go at it on Friday nights. But at the end of the day, we we're we're real we're real tight, and I think that's just kind of speaks speaks volumes to tell people that me and Otis are and other players are. I mean. We're out, we're out there to, to do a job and the end goal is to get to college and then make an impact on people that we know. And uh, we're going to do that the best way we can. Everybody has different ways to do that. But definitely on Friday nights, you know, it's, 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 we're walking out there to handle, to do a job, not just to, you know, go out there and like kill each other, but we want to go out there and get what we get our assignments done and then hopefully take care and get a dub. Talking about that 2020 season coming up for the Swamp Foxes over there at Ashley Ridge, the big man, the center, the man that, Kind of controls the tempo, if you will. No pressure there, big man, because you don't snap that thing right between uh, the legs there and to that quarterback's hands. Uh, I'm sure there's a coach that I know pretty well over there now as the offensive coordinator. You're not getting a lot of Christmas cards. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it comes with a lot of responsibility, but that's one thing I love about it. I love having the pressure on me to, you know, to and just do, do what I do. I mean, you know, you're going to mess up, but it's about honing in and, fixing your mistakes while you have time to fix them. And that way on Friday nights, you're, you know, you're crisp. That's the whole thing about practice and everything. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a lot of practice going on. You guys finally get back on the field. You know, you took quite a time to get back on the field uh, with, of course, the COVID-19. And then finally DD2 opens it up. Now we, we, we kind of touch on this and you and I talk. So uh, I don't want to blindside you by no means. And you and I briefly, you know, mentioned this uh, earlier today when I had you kind of briefing you what we were going to talk about, uh, Hampton. But, uh, you know, my heart, thoughts, prayers from everybody, not only here at Southern Sports Central, but over at the South Carolina High School Blitz, our partner company in the upstate sends our condolences to you and your teammates, your coaches, the family at AR. When Mr. President, uh, you know, uh, that situation with that young man, who I very thank God to have an opportunity to get a chance to know him through different avenues. One, you know, through sports, the other one through politics and just his, his his eyes would light up when he would talk about certain things, man. 
you know, kind of tell us as a senior leader, the captain of that team about this young man and, and how you guys are handling uh, the situation from coming back from uh, so much. Yes, sir. Um, well, you know, it, it isn't ever, it wasn't easy. It still isn't easy. But uh, the one thing about Fred is that, you know, he, he wouldn't want us to, to stop. He wouldn't want us to, you know, to sit there and just be upset. I mean, obviously we're going to be, we're going to grieve a little bit, but, the thing about Fred is that he was one of the most, you know, positive, happy individuals I've ever met in my life. Like, if, if this world had more, you know, more presidents in it, it would be no, very, very little bit of hate, if any at all. And um, that's just one thing about him. And definitely it changed. It, whenever it all happened, like, um, it was, uh, it was like I said, it was tough. But it opened everybody's eyes. And, like, you know, we didn't have a reason to do to, to go out there and bust our butt every day. We have one now. And um, basically – I mean, the team, we took it personal. I mean, this was this was our brother. He was out there with us. You know, he didn't ever skip a rep. He, he didn't take t- t- he didn't take plays off, and we want to do just that. We, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to waste our time on the field because we know he wouldn't waste his time on the field. And um, it's just like it, it was very tough. I mean, especially me and him had a close relationship. You know, I take him home sometimes. And, I mean, we and him didn't always agree on politics and stuff, but the type of person that he was that he would – he would hear you out, and then you would hear him out, and then he would still love you no matter what your beliefs were, no matter anything, which I think it just speaks volumes for the type of person he was. We're live right now with Hampton Smith, of course, talking about the young man who uh, passed away and uh, was found irresponsive uh, in a shower after um, you know, after a practice there. And, and, again, our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers, all of that going to you and your coaches and your, your teammates and the family over there. They are president, by the way, as a very big – last name they've uh they've, they've got quite a bit of talent with that last name that have come through uh the hallways not just in of course the the football fields but i'm telling you the ladies to the guys and uh, they've played multiple sports doing multiple things so uh are there any talks hampton are you guys doing like a, a something on the helmet or anything like that yeah we're gonna get um the hashtag llap which means long live Amari president and we're gonna get that put on the helmet and um I think we're going to put something over our door. That way we can, like, slap it when we're going out to the field. And um, I know we already have bracelets made. It says Prez number 70. And, uh, I mean, there's probably going to be some other stuff we do, but we haven't decided on, like, completely what we're going to do yet. Right. Well, I think that's amazing. And I think that's a great job by your athletic director, your principal, your head coach, and all the coaches across the board along with the community that I uh, know has wrapped their arms around you as well as here at Southern Sports Central. Hampton, uh, let, let's talk a little education, big man, and you know that that is, at the end of the day, we're just playing a little football while we get this education, whether it be high school or college. You know, I know your dream school. I understand that that is where we want you to finish for sure. But uh, let's talk about education, man. What's that next step when it comes to pursuing and getting that big-time degree to put on that wall so Mama can look at it? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, not many people know this about me, but uh, I was in a teacher cadet program last year, and um, there's, a, there's one coach at Ashley Ridge, and I really liked what he does and the way he coaches, and um, it's Coach Bellish, and uh, I kind of want to do, like, what he does to be a strength and conditioning coordinator and, and be able to, like, do that for the school and take care of the basketball players, softball players, volleyball players, all that stuff, and uh, just kind of measure or major in, like, physical education and sports science. And because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I want to touch people's lives and I want to change people as a coach. And um, I think that's one thing that Coach Bell has definitely done. And there's so many other coaches 
around the low country and on and on the uh, Asher Ridge's staff that have done that just that just by being there and helping kids out, which is what it's all about. Man, see, this is why we do the show, Hampton. I just found out, you know, uh, the gentleman before you, of course, he's a DB over there at the fort. He wants to be a chef. He wants to own his own restaurant. And here we go with Big Hampton. Wants to be uh, Coach B.J. Bellish. All right, maybe not B.J. Bellish because uh, that's a 45-minute, you know, getting prepped in front of the mirror before you can even go out and coach anything or be out in that gym, right? I mean, you know, I had a chance to know him and, of course, know his brother over at Somerville. And uh, those are two guys right there that you're going to be after somebody and, 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 and have somebody to look up to, man. Uh, great guys. Uh, B.J., of course, uh, former baseball coach, head coach, and uh, current conditioning coordinator over there, I guess, at Ashley Ridge. And he also coaches as well over there, too, doesn't he, Camp? Yes, yeah, yeah, so he's a receivers coach and a equipment manager. Man, he's wearing multiple hats, doing multiple things, and still finding ways to uh, get you to look up to him, man. That's awesome, man. So we're excited about that. So let's talk about your senior season, man. Uh, well, let's go back to college, man. Any offers, any opportunities, any thoughts uh, of where you're leaning? I know you're a big Clemson Tiger. We don't hide that. You're a big enough kid. We couldn't hide you anyways. But, uh, you know, uh, besides Clemson, uh, any conversations are you having or any uh, things coming across the airwaves? No, I mean, it's been pretty quiet, which, I mean, I'm okay with that. You know, I like being an underdog. I like just going out there and working every day. But, I mean, I'm I'm not – at the end of the day, I'm not in it just to play football. I'm in it to get an education. And, I mean, yeah, I love, I love playing football, and that's why I want to be a coach because I just love being on the field with all the people. But if, it, if the opportunity comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. But – if it doesn't, I'll be okay, and I'm just going to do what I do. And you're doing it big time. Uh, let's go to that football field, man. So uh, you, you got some new things going on over there. You're playing center. You're a big dude coming in, like we mentioned, uh, gaining a little bit of that corona weight, which is an offensive lineman. We're fine with that as long as you can move around. I think they'll be fine with that as well. Uh, what, what does it look like over there with you, man? You guys got some pretty big guys sitting there uh, returning. Let's talk about that. Who, who sits around you that we need to keep an eye on? Uh, definitely Farouk, Eddie, and Price Purvis. Those are two guys that are coming back. Farouk got a lot of reps last year. Um, he was the backup, but uh, Luke Richardson got hurt a couple times and had to fill in and did an immaculate job. And uh, Price Purvis is definitely going to be one of the ones to watch. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who our starting tackles are going to be at the moment, but uh, right now everything, I mean, Farouk, Eddie, and definitely Price Purvis are going to be looking up. Um, yeah, th- those two. And we have Troy Grant in the back in uh, the backfield, and uh, we got the new QB Connor Black, which is he's he's going to be a he's going to be a sleeper. People people don't people underestimate him, but he's good. He's got some wheels on him. I saw it firsthand. Kid can move. He can uh, get out of that pocket pretty fast. So uh, that's a good thing. He looks like he's got a pretty good little arm on him as well. So that's exciting. I don't want to give all of his secrets out on the air, but uh, I, I did get a chance to watch him do some things over the summertime. Very impressive kid. Very humble young man, though. Let me ask you, though, does he understand the rule of being the quarterback? Does he understand the responsibility of being the quarterback? And I'm not even talking about on the football field. He understands on Thursday night he's supposed to feed you guys on the front line to stay off his behind, right? I'm not sure yet. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might have to get him a check, but no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we, we've been hanging out a little bit. And, um, actually, he was real tight with one of my uh, my godmother who lives in West Ashley before they moved over here. So we went and got lunch right. Friday, and we were hanging out a little bit. So we're having a good time getting to know each other. I tell you what, man, that is a very, very important relationship between the center and the quarterback. And, you know, uh, I can be honest with you and tell you, man, I, I uh, 
I made sure when I was a quarterback, and it's been many moons ago, man, but if I didn't do nothing else, I, I, you, you make sure the guys on the front line eat. Because if they don't eat that day, then you're going to eat it on Friday night. That's just kind of the way I was told. So uh, there was a very clear understanding of how we do things. Uh, tell us about tradition over there, man. Uh, what is the tradition over there at Fort, man? What do you guys do on a Friday night that you can't wait in about three weeks when y'all invite uh, Fort Dorchester over there to open the season? Uh, what is a typical Friday night tradition? Over there in the swamp. Well, we go to um, we go to the church and we eat, and uh, I think that's one thing that very make that makes us very uh very close, and we we have a good time over there, and uh, that's just one thing that we get to bond a little bit and uh, get get some good food for sure. I mean, it never never just points, and uh, I think that's just kind of like we go over there and that, that gets our mind right and everything, but besides that, I mean, it's really just get ready to play and we we all kind of just get focused in after we get back to the school and get a good stretch and everything like that well we'll tell you what hampton i'm expecting big things from you not just because you're coming in as a big kid you're definitely a leader on and off the field like i said i've had a chance to know you for quite some time you and jacob my oldest son played with the redskins won a fake champ or won a what was it satoma championship and uh, that yeah. was always a lot of fun. And that's the cool part for me, man, is, you know, I do get to be a little personal sometimes because I do see you young men growing up as young boys and growing up to be grown men, and then you do what you all do and you leave us here uh, ready to watch and learn the new guys coming up. But this senior class, very close because of my son, who's a senior, played football for a little while over at Satoma. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of guys on that, that Redskins team, man, who, uh, you know, I see you guys are all doing great things at different schools. And uh, I look forward to what you're going to do, not only on the field, but like you said, on the, in the classroom. And, man, you know, it, it, that to me is awesome. You already know what direction you want to go, Hampton. You already have that direction where you're looking to be. You're sitting there about a 3.6, if I'm not mistaken, in a GPA, which I know, you know, you're working hard every day. How hard has it been and how, how much are you looking forward to hopefully getting back into the school rather than learn from home? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, I, for me personally, I'm a, I'm a more of an in-person type guy. Um, I mean, I, I try and when I'm in school, it's like I get to see all my friends and get to have a good time when it's not class time. But when it's class time, you know, you got to focus up and everything. But just kind of when, you know, I, I've laid in now, so I'll be able to sleep in on Tuesday and wait until my first class is like 12 o'clock or something like that. So, I mean, it'll be all right, but it's just missing that in-person interaction, which I think a lot of people need. Right. Before we get out of here with the big center from Ashley Ridge over there in Somerville, South Carolina, Ashley Ridge High School's own center coming in at 6'3". He's giving himself 320 with that COVID extra poundage there. Uh, talking about getting it in, man. Uh, I did see a drill, by the way, and it looked like Dad was doing the drill with you in the backyard. I'm only thinking Mom was the one that was videotaping it. <laughs> you became a yeah. famous star real quick, and so did Dad. Hat went left. Dad went right. Shoes went everywhere, man. Uh, tell us about that, those who haven't seen this uh, this footage yet. Yeah, so um, it was just – I was just – it was right whenever quarantine started and I was trying to get a little – trying to stay in shape, trying to make sure I keep my technique up and everything. And uh, my dad was just – you know, we were cutting up a little bit. And I was, he was like – I asked him if, if he thinks he could take one of my hits. Just, and I really didn't even put everything I had into it. And he was like, yeah, son, I was pretty – I was pretty stout back in my day. You know, he grew up in Darlington, South Carolina. And uh, he was, the, I believe, the right guard. And um, so I'm like, okay, I, I said, I'll give you a little something. And then it just literally, he went downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, it went bad, too. I'm telling you, shoes up, 
hat right, dad left. I mean, if that sounded like a play in the backyard, that's what it would have been called. And, uh, man, I tell you what, I, I know mom and dad really well, and uh, he took it like a champ, man. I tell you what, he must have thought he got ran over by uh, Deuce Daly over there in Dillon because I, uh, I tell you, that guy was a, he was a bit – no, Stan the Man is who I'm thinking of. Stan the Man, your dad would know that name pretty well. Camden, buddy, good luck this year. I'll see you here in a couple of weeks. I'll talk to you, I'm sure, before that. But if you need anything, you know how to reach out, my man. Keep doing big things, yes, brother. Sir. you got a big, bright future, and I can't wait to watch you get that high school diploma. That's coming in less than a year, by the way. And then you're going to get that degree. We'll speak that into existence. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to have a tiger problem on the top of it. So you just keep doing what you're doing, and the Lord will take care of the rest, my man. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you having me. Always a pleasure, everybody. God bless. Take care. We'll see you soon. And make sure you guys stay safe and stay distant so we can play some football, all right? Uh, yes, sir. Go Foxes. There you go. Look at there. Give it love. Give us love over there, of course, to the Swap Foxes. Ashley Ridge's own big center comes in here. I'm telling you guys, that video of him taking out his dad, his dad's name is Jody. And, uh, you know, I called him about two days later. I said, hey, man, what were you thinking? At what point did you think that you were going to be able to handle – all 310 pounds of Hampton. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Hampton's been like 310 his whole life. I mean, this kid, he's a man-child. He was a man-child a long time ago. I don't know how, oof, man, he comes from a good home, so I expect good things from him, and I love the opportunity. Uh, you know, we look back, and, and, and here's kind of the neat thing, and I do get a chance to meet and greet a lot of these guys, but every once in a while I get to see a guy like Hampton come on the board, and, and he comes in and checks in. And, again, like I mentioned, I think we were about 12 years old when him and uh, my oldest son Jacob were playing and uh, you know it was it was it was quite quite a ride. There were so many names on this roster, and uh, they lost one game all year long to the they lost to the Cowboys. How fitting that they're the Redskins. They go to the playoffs. Now, mom is one of those ones, and again, Anthony's mom is one of those ones. Man, she's an all-in kind of mom, and she's going to give us bells and towels. And we were just man, we were doing it big in the stands over there at the uh, over there at Gahagan. And here we go into the championship game. Who do you think we play? Yeah, you know, the Cowboys. We played the Cowboys, and yet we go to overtime. I'm not saying we did the Spiders, but it was very special because that's the team that we won in overtime, got the big trophies, had the big party, went to Buffalo Wild Wings. I remember like it was yesterday, but now you see Marcus Aiken. You see these guys doing great things, Hanson Smith, other guys. That, and, I, again, I'd have to go look back at this roster because there were some of these guys that graduated last year, by the way, who um, – Maceo, a young man from Fort Dorchester, was on this roster. I mean, there were just so many big names, and they all did a great job and have continued to do great things, not only on the football field, but you see these kids doing great things off the field. I want to take a minute here uh, and give some love to the guest list tonight because it is, again, an honor to get to have the opportunity to speak to these young folks like I get, I get to here tonight. Of course, we open the door at 630 with the guest list with head coach Kareem Reed, he is from Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia. He's already underway, by the way, with their season. They're 1-0. They went to cross-town rival, beat them. Now they'll go to Valdosta, Georgia, get to play against the team in 7A football that won the uh, – came up to runners-up last year. So that tells you they're pretty good. Then we stayed in Georgia, went to Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports, as he always does a phenomenal job. We talked high school. We talked college. We talked the if and buts and the candy and nuts and all that good stuff right here for about 30 minutes. And then back to South Carolina we came and headed over to Cross High School where we checked in with uh, the athletic director and the head football coach, Sean Wright, who uh, told us not only about what things are doing 
yesterday and how things have been going today. We talked about the future and a few ball players that he's got over there. He's got some game changers and some big playmakers coming up. Don't overlook the Trojans over there in Berkeley County. If you got them on the schedule, you better pay attention to the roster that he's bringing with him. And, again, you heard uh, he's got a couple of scrimmages already scheduled up. We can give you those where he'll be playing uh, Phillip Simmons on the road at the new school, I believe he mentioned, at the new stadium there in North Charleston. And then, uh, actually, that would probably be Wando Stadium because that's Phillip Simmons is over in Wando. Then Johnsonville, they'll travel to the Flashes. And I love the mentality. He said he hadn't had a scrimmage back home since 2010. The reason being because he likes to build the character on the bus ride, keeping them hungry. The bond that they get on the ride there and back, it's huge. And then they'll open their season, by the way, I believe, with Military Magnet. That one will be a really good game. I think that uh, Coach Wright will have the guys just right, and it should be uh, one that Tim and Bill will do and all those who cover high school sports on the TV will have a great deal of highlights. And then, like I mentioned, it wasn't but just a few minutes ago, we did check in with one of the young men from the fort, Jalen Levine, came in. He's a defensive back, class of 21. Big time, big time game changer in the secondary for the fort. But he mentioned a couple of other big names that he's got over there. And, uh, again, between all of these schools, I never want to give any of their, their highlights. But I'll tell you what, they're going to have a lot of them over there because they got a lot of great guys over there doing great things, flying around the ball, offensively doing big things as well. It's just it, it becomes a culture at some levels. And, again, you see it there over at Fort, they've kind of been that team here in the low country that everybody kind of starts with them, and then you follow kind of where they finish and where they go. And so he even mentioned, uh, you know, some of the things that he said. Again, going against the receivers on my own team prepares me for the games on Friday night. Seeing that quarterback that slings that rock around helps me on Friday nights. And that was an honorary thing that he did, he said, about his own team. And then he also talked about this young man over there at Berkeley. So, guys, if you don't know, there's a receiver at Berkeley that's uh, got some attention. And, again, keeping your eyes and ears open to that conversation. Then we found out that, of course, Jalen, his passion is cooking. He wants to open his own restaurant. You know, again, finding out more about these young men than just the game of football because we see it, we read it. You know, the little things about these young men, I think, are the big part of these interviews. And then it was to wrap up our interview process tonight with uh, another class of 21, Hampton Smith, offensive lineman from Ashley Ridge High School there in Somerville. Uh, he came on and talked a lot about what's all going on, of course, uh, the passing of his brother and his teammate there, Mr. President. And, uh, of course, that's a huge deal, man. It's, uh, again, he mentioned, uh, you know, we didn't need something to make us play, but if we ever did, we found a reason and it's something for the season. They're going to recognize them on the back of their helmets. They'll have some other things that they're going to do. And, uh, again, our, our, our heart starts and prayers go to the entire community over there at Ashley Ridge. Now, deal with that on top of COVID-19, on top of brand-new coach. I mean, you know, Coach Shane Fielder definitely uh, didn't see all the things that are coming, but the character that's going to be built between this adversity, I think, is going to be something to watch for throughout the season as they – well, welcome, actually, the Fort Dorchester Patriots in week one. I'll actually be covering that game uh, on Friday night. That one will be uh, a, a good one for sure. Now, again, we look forward to uh, our new segment, our new uh, layout, if you will. There will not be a show tomorrow. We're going to take tomorrow off because it is Labor Day. We'll give the day for the families, and that's going to be a uh, an opportunity for everybody to kind of 
finally get everything up and running. I know Tuesday, though, we get back to business here, and it is a brand-new slate with a brand-new schedule that is going to start at 6 o'clock on Tuesday night, where we will check in here from the West. Excuse me, that, of course, is the West Foundation. Foster's uh, including by promoting excellence in sports, academics, life, leadership skills, community engagement, and service to all by the one and only Everett Sands, as he will have his show right here on Southern Sports Central Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Tons of guests, tons of opportunity, tons of topics that he's going to be covering. Again, the one thing that you love about Everett Sands is he's played the game at multiple levels. He played it at one of the most prestigious colleges in the country, in the world, over at the Citadel. He was a big-time running back there. He's also a big-time running back at Conway. He's been a running back coach at NC State at South Carolina, the University of Texas, San Antonio, and then, of course, uh, did some coaching over at Coastal. But uh, he now brings his talents and his vision right here at Southern Sports Central. And the conversations with the interviews that he has, I encourage you moms and dads, coaches, and definitely you players, you need to be dialed into this show at 6 o'clock. Then on Wednesday night, you're going to hear myself and Eugene, as we will be live on Mondays and Wednesdays from 6 to 9, with our broadcast, just like you hear tonight, we'll have players, coaches, and tons of other interviews and plus topics to get into throughout both of those shows. And then on Thursday night is the High School Blitz with Miss V and possibly me, your own Richie Alden here. We'll be, of course, uh, kicking it off at 6 o'clock on Thursday night. She will do it along with Ken Brown and the rest of the crew at the High School Blitz. They'll be talking about all the great things that are happening around the state of South Carolina now. She will probably dive into recruiting. She'll dive into some of the big-time game changers through week to week and a few other great topics. I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but trust and believe me, you know, this is a very close-to-the-heart passion that she has. So to give Ms. V an opportunity to have a voice here on Southern Sports Central, I think is going to make us just that much better, along with, of course, the rest of the crew, Mr. Brown included, over there at the high school blitz. And then – Oh, Friday morning, the drive into work is never going to be the same as you'll be able to be entertained by the one who is known as the voice of the Carolina Force Panthers right up on the Grand Strand. Uh, of course, uh, who is that? Well, that's Mr. Brandon Biscobing. He, of course, is a play-by-play guy for multiple schools up on the Grand Strand during the basketball and baseball. He hands out with North Myrtle Beach, and on Friday nights, you can catch him over there on, uh, well, hmm, you can check him out with Carolina Force. So there you see, there you see, of course, uh, us bringing his knowledge and his availability in the mornings to start off your drive to a Friday Night Life with interviews, opportunities, and open phone lines throughout the show. He'll cover headlines on three hours, 7 to 10. I think you said he's going to get into the Friday Night. He'll also get into the Saturday showdowns and probably talk a little bit of that Sunday madness as well. So that's going to be a really good show. And then on Saturday night, guess what? It's Saturday night, you'll have game of the week. We're going to be focused on a few game of the weeks with the South Carolina Youth Football Association and the commissioner, Jay Williams, as myself, Eugene, and, well, the young man that we're going to be known as the professor, Clinton Robinson Sr., Talk about him in just a minute, but us three are going to be providing you, taking opportunities to uh, give the youth a voice from sideline to sideline and end zone to end zone as we'll have a game of the week 
and we'll have a player of the game, a cheerleader of the game, and it will be a memory that these young folks will never forget. They can always go back and listen to their game on the following day. So that's kind of a neat thing that we're really continuing to grow into the community as well. And then, like I mentioned, the professor, that is Clinton Robinson Jr., senior, excuse me, he's going to be jumping in here and doing his own show on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. It's going to be the South Carolina Sunday Showcase. He'll be talking about that same youth program throughout the Saturdays that will be balling out across the state of South Carolina. And then he is a college guy. He loves the Georgia Bulldogs. So he'll be talking SEC, ACC, Big 12, and any other competition that's going to happen on Saturdays. And I'm pretty sure you'll hear some noise from him on a Sunday. Now, of course, I could be jumping in. Eugene could be jumping in. Any of us, all of us. We'll be helping each other out throughout the shows, and that, my friends, is what's going to make this family bond just that much better. We're almost like to be called the Avengers, but I like the NWO of sports radio. That's right, the New World Order of sports radio coming to you live right here seven days a week, five different shows, and multiple personalities that are going to be thrown at you here, of course, uh, throughout the broadcast from uh, six to nine most nights, and then Friday mornings right here, 7 to 10. And, again, want to thank everybody for the support. It's been a long ride, and we aren't even halfway there yet. We've got a lot to do. We are excited about the growth. We are excited about the opportunity, and we just appreciate the support from multiple schools, multiple, multiple athletes, coaches, players, parents, grandmamas, you name it, you're listening. I personally thank you because this was a vision that the Lord put on me years ago, an opportunity for me to get out here and uh, really give these young folks not only an opportunity to be talked about, but an opportunity to be talking to. So with that being said, I want to wish everybody a very safe Labor Day tomorrow. And we only ask on behalf of all of us in the world of sports, please be responsible, not just with wearing your mask, not just with, of course, staying socially distanced, but don't drink and drive. Don't make a decision that you can't go back and fix. Of course, think constantly. So we've learned nothing else in COVID-19 and this whole pandemic, guys, is that tomorrow is never guaranteed. And let's make the best decisions that we can make today so that tomorrow will be the best day that we've seen yet. Now, that being said, we do wish everybody a happy Labor Day. We will see you live again right here on Southern Sports Central at 6 p.m. Tuesday night, Everett Sands debuts the West Foundation right here on Southern Sports Central. So on the final days of summer, I send you off to some old summertime music and say so long, farewell until Tuesday night at 6 p.m.
this sort of a buzz. But back then I didn't really know what it was. But now I see what happened is the ways that people respond to summer madness. The weather is hot and girls are dressing less and checking out the fellas to tell them who's best. Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes She turn around to see what you beeping at It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime Yet, hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on 